Today is Monday, August 28th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate, um, <laughs> at least for the time being. So I apologize for this. Let me go ahead and talk you out of listening to this real quick. So uh, it bugs me when when people are trying to talk and there's lots of interruptions and like, ooh, uh, 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 but wait, uh, uh, hey, hang on. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, you're already like beating your head against your steering wheel. I get it. Yeah, me too. And I'm I'm one of the chief offenders. Anyway, so maybe that speaks to my poor management skills or my really nice personality where I don't want to cut people off, but I'm also trying to be like, hey, shut up. Uh, anyway, glass half full. So anyway, uh, I apologize. There was an inordinate amount of that stuff, which kills me. If I had a good editor or time to do it myself, I'd cut all that nonsense out. Um, you could support the podcast and I can pay for one. Anyway, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so th there's a lot of that, and I hate that, but between Clubhouse giving me technical issues, and I'm not able to mute people as quick as I normally would want to, uh, and also my respiratory issues continue. So while I'm like a hagfish over here, like coughing up all kinds of stuff, like, ah, um, I don't always hit the mute button as quick as I'd like to, and Clubhouse is not letting me, because tech details. Um, it's like one job, Clubhouse, one job. Anyway, so apologies for that. I will get better. Uh, as if like a year on Clubhouse isn't enough to get better by now. Anyways, um, okay, so what else? Yeah, if I haven't sufficiently uh, talked you into not listening to this, let me give you some stuff that we do talk about, which we do not shy away from any issues today. We jump straight into the hot water. I have a note here that says Nate jumps into his own boiling water. So it was, it was pretty long, or it felt like long. Um, but we start out with the argument, which is not my argument. Don't shoot the messenger. But uh, something I wanted to talk about I heard over the weekend was someone was making a case that women, um, and this branches off from women pastors, which I'm divinely judged to talk about this subject forever, apparently. But uh, women pastors was, was a point, and one, one person raised that because of the emotionality of women, not my point, but their argument was because women are emotional beings more so than men. And Anyway, because anger is an emotion too, and people say men are angry. This is not my point. The, the content, though, of what we're talking about is they were saying women are emotional. Therefore, they that's another reason they couldn't be pastors. They can be swayed into heresies and false doctrine e easier than men. Then they extrapolated that into political office and why women should not lead countries and v vote because um, they're too emotional. So if someone can't make a point based on the facts and the merits, then they'll do arguments that appeal to emotions. Uh, like, well, you know, if, if we want, um, I don't know, ab abortion, because think of the mother and, you know, you don't really want them to go through an unwanted pregnancy. And, you know, what what if their their parents are really mean to them? And, and I don't know, they, they make this really emotional appeal to abortion. Um, and then women are like, oh, you're right. Or, you know, inclusivity, inclusivity of stuff. Or, uh, you know, the books or drag queen story time, how people are pushing back and think that's not a great thing to do to our children in libraries. But then they'll say, well, oh, don't you want these little kids to be exposed to, you know, other stuff and to make up their minds? Or I don't know, some crap. I can't even make a fake emotional argument because that's just so far, that topic's nuts. Anyway, you get where I'm going, right? So if you can't win an argument or debate on the merits and get policy because of the merits and the facts, um, people who are less than honorable will start appealing to emotion and women will succumb to that easier than men and vote yes for those things, which will lead to terrible policies that never should have been. But because, you know, women are emotional creatures, that is why we're in the current mess we are in today. So, <laughs> please remember, this is not my argument. I am just a parrot for something I wanted to discuss today. 
So, if you're not making voodoo dolls and stabbing my eyes out yet, please don't. Um, this is not my argument. This is an argument I heard that I thought would be good for discussion, so we discuss it. All right, and you know what? That's it. I'm out of here. <laughs> it was a, it was a long day. All right, peace. Buy the book. Buy a t-shirt. <laughs> Nate, of short is salvation. <laughs> He's the only way, the truth, and the life. Oh well, to his point, right? To, to for governor and is peace be upon y'all. Um, you know, you can put the you put the gospel on a post-it note. Do that. Just just find the verses that say repent and believe the gospel lest you die in your sins. Um, and you know, Jesus will give eternal life to whoever wants it. That means you. And you know, you must be born again. So seek Jesus, pray to Jesus, repent, stop doing what you know is wrong, ask him to save you, forgive you, make you born again, and give you eternal life. Write that on a post-it note and just pray and, and meditate on that and think of that and read it over and over and over. And if you have a sincere seeking heart, the God of the universe um, will forgive you and save you and give you eternal life. So if you never read the fourth Maccabees again, you're just fine. So do that. Okay, that's the greatest thing I can do to help you guys out. All right, so let's see. Uh, Chris, I I think, you know, like, uh, this could be like, yes. Yes, no, that, I'm just I'm, I'm really just rich, chuckling I'm, because I'm gonna get a clip of that. I'm gonna have to repeat that one, Nate. Yeah, okay, that, so Chris, the evil uh, laughter. I'm just I, I'm just can't <laughs> wait to see where this is going. I'm just very excited about the next thing out of your mouth. Well, it's a completely different direction from where we have been. So I'm I'm more and more convinced. Pastor Sammy, get a lot of feedback. I'm more and more I convinced know. that this is turning into like a Jonah and the whale thing, or Jonah and the big fish thing. Um, the woman pastor thing came up, and. <clears throat> Apparently, oh, this is the season in my life in which I'm going to be I'm going to be plagued by this discussion until something breaks. So <laughs> apparently, because of this, and, and God is trying to to reach me on a single point uh, to a level where it is plunging plunging my church into the abyss of women pastors until I I I just you know say okay God I get it yes w women are bad. Um, just kidding. Women aren't bad. Women are okay. Bad. Oh my god. So, so here's here's the point. Like, um, this woman pastor thing has. We've talked about this for years, right? And it's never been that big of a deal, um, in in these discussions. But lately, since there's like a month, it's like every day, people are like, "Oh, I have a question. You may not have heard this in a while. What about women pastors? I'm like, what? We've heard this every day for a month. So it keeps coming up and it keeps coming up. So it's at critical mass. And, and I had two two points to talk to you about. So there's there's a whole wildly different subject too. But this woman pastor thing, okay, our, our church is doing the series about, um, you know, kind of like basic apologetics, like you know, a asking questions and stuff like that. So they're taking questions. Um, from from the congregation and they're spending like you know a week to kind of answer these like off the beaten path questions so, <laughs> you mean like daniel um, seven six <laughs> <It was aliens. laughs> sorry go on um you know at some point if you remember i'd like i'd like you to weigh in on that but not now <clears throat> so anyway these asking questions one of them that came up <laughs> was about the bible and uh, LGBT stuff, blah, blah, blah. And then he, he kind of sprung, used that as a springboard to get into bigger things. And he kind of put it in one, a couple categories in one nutshell. So the point is, um, during this message, you know, he's like LGBTQ stuff. Like he, he was biblical on that. He was kind of, you know, it was fine. It was a biblical answer. Uh, but then he's like, and in the same way, and then he segued to a different category. And he's like, 
some people say they have a problem with, you know, uh, women can be lead pastors or women. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is our discussion. Did this guy listen? And I made the mistake apparently, like during uh, during one of my kids' Bible school camps, of uh, you know giving them a couple copies of my book. Uh, one of the guys, uh, not the main pastor, but like one of the assistant or whatever. I'm like, hey, you know, I got this done. I thought, I don't know, maybe you'd like it. Maybe give it to one of the youth members if they have questions, or you know, give it to a kid, whatever. Um, <clears throat> So I just can't help but like, oh, gosh, all they had to do is like open page one and like just see the title. And there's a giant thing that says women pastors, question mark. So it's like <laughs> they don't even got to flat. They don't even got to flatter me by reading the book. They just got to like read page one. And there it is. Um, anyway, so I'm like, I don't know, man. Is this directed to me? I'm sitting right in the middle of the church. The pastor's like staring at me. It feels like the whole time. He's like, and some people will say that they have to, they could be, can't be lead pastors. They could be assistants or, you know, they can, they could be women. Um, they could be pastors over women, stuff like that. He's like, I'm here to say, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's like a direct quote. He's like, I'm here to say that, you know, we're going to stand besides our women and, you know, and he gave a couple of the weakest verses I've heard um, to support, like, you know, women pastors being cool. And it's like a curse. Um, like, I, I just can't hear anything other than Chris's voice being like, that's wrong. Context. You read a book. Um, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's not what it means. That's not what it means. So he's, he's basically like, OK, women pastors are good and we're going to have them. That's it. Just deal with it. And I'm like, OK, well, shots fired. I'm like, I guess it's not like, well, you know, we just disagree, disagree. It's kind of like ethereal. It's out there. He's like, here's my flag planted. I'm like, well, crap. Oh, man, he's doing uh, a Roy. He's planting his flag. Anyway, so he pulled the thing from, was it Joel that talks about in the, in, in the last days, the young men will dream, uh, see visions, and old men will dream dreams. Your son and daughters will prophesy. Anyway, yeah. he used that verse to to make his case for women pastors. I'm like, prophecy is not pastor. Prophecy is not pastor. And he just did some stuff like that. He's like, and and come back next week because we're going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And um, it, basically, he's going to like really get into why women pastors are cool. I'm like, oh, crap. I'm like, should I skip next week? I'm like, nope, I guess I'll go and just, you know, let him let him preach talk at me. Um, but but um, anyway, so I'm sure he's going to make the case that, you know, because of the Holy Spirit, you know, and dwells us all. He's going to get to, you know, we're all equal in God's eyes. Like there's no male, female, blah, 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 which spiritually, sure, practically, we have different roles. And the sad thing is he started off on that message so good. He's like, look, men have biblically defined roles. So do women. And and like talking about the family. And I was like with him all the way up until he did like church structure and like pastors. I'm like, oh, man, he just like lost the plot. And then he went on to so he's going to make the case that like because the Holy Spirit's here and it's for everyone, therefore, women can be pastors. Um, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I cannot get away from this. So anyway, I, I had a question for you in there. Sorry, it was like a six-minute question. Um, oh, yes. Let's see. I was channeling my inner Chris. Um, that, that's oh, yeah. terrible. I, I, that's I guess terrible. I just, I guess I just wanted <laughs> the inner Chris. I, I know. I'm trying to actively repent. But I guess I just wanted your thoughts. I, I don't even know. Because it's, it's like more and more times people like make these un, unbiblical arguments uh, four positions that they hold in, in their theology, it just seems so weak and like non sequiturs. And it's like, okay, what's the best argument that women should not be pastors? Well, here, here's Timothy, here's Titus. It says it. You don't need to interpret it. Just read it as it's written. That's my argument. It's like, well, what's your argument for women pastors? It's like, well, because, you know, in the last days, young men and women will have dreams and they'll prophesy, but prophecy isn't preaching. That's your best case. And okay, I, I'm going to shut up. Uh, two more minutes. Just like someone else uh, was talking about the LGBT. LGBTPS people, and we, we were having dinner, and peace, peace be upon them. 
yeah. And this is someone, this is someone like I've, I've known forever. And, you know, I, I, they're a Christian, like they totally have a handle on this stuff. Um, but anyway, they, they looked at me, they're like, and, and what? So, so you're saying it's a sin, right? I'm like, what, what? And, you know, they're talking about like gay people specifically. And they're like, so, so you're saying it's a sin. I'm like, what, are, are you not saying that? I'm like, is that a question? Like, I was trying to make a bigger point, but they're like, well, you know, because I, I know some some gay people and they're they're Catholics and you know, they go to church and they believe in God. So so how do you reconcile that? I'm like, wait, like, I'm not trying to make a point that gay people like gay stuff is a sin. Like, I mean, that that's a given, right? Like, I thought we were on the same page. Are you now wondering why I get that? And they're like, well, yeah, because, you know, they believe in God, too, and they go to church and they're gay. I'm like, how do you reconcile that? I'm like, no. Ask them how they reconcile that. That's their problem. I'm like, the Bible clearly calls it a sin. I'm like, look, here's where the Bible calls it a sin. They're like, oh, huh. Well, then how do you think they reconcile that? I'm like, ask them because they're selfish, because they haven't read the Bible, like because I I, I don't know. Anyway, so I'm just thinking more and more unbiblical arguments. They're standing out more and more as just incredibly weak. So, Chris, pretend I made a question out of all that nonsense rambling. And just answer whatever you want. But I mean, I, I guess the takeaway is the more unbiblical arguments that come about are extremely weak versus the the seemingly overwhelming biblical answer is, yeah, just read the context. Just just read the chapter, read the verses. That's the biblical argument. And then when you want to oppose that biblical argument, it's very, very weak sauce. I mean, yeah, I can't agree more. I Look, I, I think that, you know, the more that we study the scripture and the more that we even are exposed to things like church history and, and stuff like that, then, you know, when it becomes uncomfortable that we have to change our doctrine that we were taught from a small youth to now to match the scripture, um, that's where we need to be. So, you know, I want to constantly be challenged by the scripture and not just be comfortable in my own theological assumptions. And I think that what you are experiencing with say the lady pastor thing is exactly that, is that you are open to the scripture, you know, teaching you and changing your mind and the Holy spirit, you know, working through the scripture to do so. And sometimes that becomes uncomfortable in a church situation when suddenly now you're, you know, you're, sincerely held belief is conflicting with the pastor and that's that's always hard i mean i don't envy you that that's difficult and i mean man it was like out of nowhere like if we hadn't been talking about this women pastor thing that would have never been a, a question it would have been like what uh, do dogs go to heaven that would have been a question i actually but started it i actually started it actually a couple of months ago i can't believe you guys are still talking about it yeah so it's all John's the women pastor fault. thing well i have a reason though and I do have a testament. If you if you guys want to know why I asked that question, uh, um, okay, I'll buy. Well, um, well, I started. Can the, I be uh, added to the queue, please? Uh, I started yeah. the the initial question was um, churches started being more liberal and having women pastors, and there was a pastor uh, Nate. You might remember this. This this is what started the whole uh, woman pastor thing. Um, a woman pastor stood up on on the the pedestal and said, um, 
abortion is such a blessing. That was the beginning of my question. And then I talked about, you know, women being pastors. But it went a little further. We talked in another room about women not being pastors. And we actually read the scripture. There were two women in the room. They both freaked out and started screaming. Oh, I guess I better not put my money in the bro- and this and that and blah, 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 and started screaming. And I, it kind of all made sense at that point. You guess it was Sister Cherry. Uh, no, it, it, yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. There was Shocking. two, uh, you could actually, in, you could put any two women into that. And we're just, um, the answer was we were just reading scripture and they were screaming at the top of their lungs that that was not this and that and blah, blah, blah. And so that's when it made sense to me. And that's why I actually asked that question to this room. And uh, it actually does make sense. The Bible is not a... Um, it's not an easy book. It, it's not an easy book to make sense of. Um, certain people can actually comprehend it, and you actually have to be like a stern person to actually soak it in and listen to it and, and like be like, okay... This might take me a couple months, but some people that have emotions could go into outbursts. And I mean, I mean, it's almost like the it's almost like the screeching of demons. Um, you know, when when you say something or like you know when the name of Jesus is floated around and it's just like these like unholy shrieks. Not saying that yeah. women. No, nope. just drawing a it, drawing a parallel. No, it literally but, happened. When we, it literally happened, we were actually spoke the actual word of God. Well, and it actually you, you know what? I mean, I think if we want to get like spiritual for a minute, like, I mean, I think, you know, more and more, like, it seems like a very kind of superficial, like, well, you know, we're not in church leadership, which is my excuse. I'm like, I'm not in church leadership. So, you know, I think this is biblical, but ultimately, you know, I, I, I'm, that's not my thing, right? Like my thing is, you know, like repent and believe the gospel, like church structure and elders, like that's not something I deal with on a daily basis. So, but then as you get more and more down to it, it's like, there's gotta be, like, I've always wondered, like if someone covets the title pastor, like what possible reason is there? Because it seems like if they've, if they've read the Bible and these verses at all, it's very self-explanatory. There's no getting around it. So like what possible reason uh, other than they just don't understand words. And, you know, I, I believe better about that people. Yes, they understand what it's saying. So if you covet that title, Pastor, what possible motivation do you have? Because it, it just seems like like a covetous thing. Like you want that title. Is it ego? Is it pride? Like it's not good because it seems like you really have to fight and twist and torture the scripture in order to come to that conclusion that you can you can have that title, Pastor. And then it's like what you're talking about, maybe like the shrieks and shrills or whatever. Like yesterday. There was this Facebook group also about women pastors. Let me mute your fast to get some feedback. Um, there's this Facebook group about women pastors, and this one, uh, they're like, "What well, you know? What do you think?" And this woman like kind of weighed in, and you know, I, I checked out the profile after after a few like you know freakouts, and it, it seemed reasonable, like you know, mother, blah blah blah, Christian, blah blah blah, like just normal run of the mill woman Christian profile. Um, anyways, but. I said something I'm like, hey, uh, you know, there's different roles and blah, blah, blah. And men and women just have different roles. And, you know, this is what the Bible says. And it was like the most tame version of 
women shouldn't be pastors that anyone has probably ever heard. It was super tame. Um, anyway, so she writes back. She's like, you're a blah, 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 beta, caca, emo, blah, blah, blah. She's like, you're going to like basically perform fellatio on Satan um, while she, it, it's her job to be a bad A, B, um, can you, can you get those words, uh, for Christ. And she's going to like reign with him by his side, the holy angels, why, while, you know, I'm, uh, Satan is having his way with me sexually. I'm like, yeah, no, there is some spirit on that, right? So if we go from, oh, well, it's just a di disagreement to, well, is it pride? Is it ego? To, wow, there's some like weird, sticky demon spirit attached to this, this whole thing. Like, <laughs> It yeah, is like oh, the more the, the more, more yeah, is, yeah. It well, is. well, Johnny, yeah. Let me hey, hang on. Let respond to this, Johnny. So the the more and more I go down this road, and the more and more stark it becomes, the more and more like I get I get so far away from oh, just a minor disagreement. They're interpreting it in some weird way that I don't understand. But you know, it's not a primary issue. To holy crap, are am I going to pull the demon card and be like you may be full of demons? Yeah, respond to that, Johnny. Yeah. Well, how many men in Bible study? I don't know if you guys do. You know. Bible study, but where men get together and we talk and we speak about the Bible. How many men read the Word of God and we start going blah, 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 and like start arguing and screaming at each other? Ever doesn't happen ever, and that's 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 the beauty. And I think there's a reason, and it, that's what freaks me out is because this was told thousands of years ago, two, three thousand years ago. It was set <laughs> that, and it didn't even make sense till like when I came into this room and I asked that question, and then I asked the question again in another room, and I learned it instantly why. And it was great because I'm not gonna say, well, okay, I am gonna say it. Men just take things here. We take the word of God as the word of God. That's the word of God. We're gonna take it. And we're gonna fucking like it. I'm sorry, pardon can, you, can this guy hear what himself the heck? speak? Or can you hear yourself speak? <laughs> bro, bro, we're can all good, but let's, we're all good, but let's not I don't know. Be like, you know, Jesus is great. F yeah. I don't know if we can temper that somehow. I really didn't never mean to fought say over F. religion ever. That never happened. I didn't mean to say the F word. I'm sorry. You know, that does make me think of a, of a youth group, also uh, probably church uh, that Jesus has removed his lampstand from, uh, Chris would say. Uh, back in the day, it was like this youth youth group, and there was this like, guy that was like supposed to be rough around the edges, but he was like a super like Jesus warrior now or something. And we were like praying, and you know, like all the kids were like, taking their turn praying. I say youth group, is like 20. Um, anyway, and this kid's like, you know, getting more and more fired up. He's like, yeah, and you know, blah, 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 and pray. He's like just praying, you know, normal stuff, but very, very passionately. And he's like, yeah, and, and F you devil. And, and everyone's just like, what? Because, you know, it's pretty crazy to yell out the yeah. F word in the middle of like a prayer. Well, and, uh, the and then everyone's like, well, hang on. Everyone's right. like kind of looking around. And I thought, wow, you know, maybe he just got really in the heat of the moment. So, you know, I'll give him a pass. And then it became a thing where now it's like something to be attained. So like every other time like they would meet, it's like somebody had to like, you know, get their get their street Jesus cred and like push that envelope to like work in some inappropriate word. And then like the kind of leaders of the group got behind it. And, you know, they're, they're kind of like, oh, I guess he's really passionate. And I'm like, I guess I'm just really out of here. No, the funny thing is, I I was actually baptized 23 hours ago. Oh, and wait, today? Okay, yeah, say something quick yeah, about that and then go to Dalton and some other people are going to get in. Yes, yesterday, Sunday. Well, congratulations. Um, thank you. 
Thank you. I appreciate it. My family was there. Amen. And, um, and, uh, yeah, I haven't cried in 20 years. And that was the first time I did it. But, um, well, congrats. Uh, good at all. You. Sorry, I've completely forgot about you. <laughs> you wanted to get in queue, and then we'll get some other people in, like, 20 minutes later. No, that's all I had to say. Yeah. Sure. Uh, good at all. Yeah. <clears throat> so my question is uh, rooted in Second well, Corinthians. Second um, Corinthians 3 and 17 is my question. Uh, Nate, if you give me everything you know and understand and your full um, you know, understanding of this scripture as, as it's been taught to you or as you, you know, Research or what have you. Second uh, Corinthians three states: Now the Lord is the is now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now the Lord is that Spirit. Um, I know that obviously often enough we hear about the Holy Spirit. We know in Scripture it says the Spirit of Christ dwelt in them, and that we have Scripture that tells us God is a Spirit. Where it refers to now the Lord is that Spirit. Um, can you? Give me your full breakdown of what that is um, speaking of, which spirit that is, if it's a different spirit of any type of sort, uh, and who the Lord is in this reference, please. Well, um, before I actually go there, um, I mean, again, I, I want to read the whole thing, but I mean, the spirit of the Lord is, the Lord is Jesus. What was your other question? I'll try to start off by just answering these super quick. Yeah, I'm, you, I'm, you asked, like, I'm, in, questions, like, I'm in no quick. rush. You can take your time. Um so for, first, first and foremost, who the Lord is there, obviously. And, Jesus. And, okay, cool. So now Jesus is this spirit. And then the several other questions would be how I, how I should understand this in conjunction to other scriptures that speak about God as a spirit. Of course, we know in the Trinity perspective, we have the Holy Spirit. Um, and then, of course, there's some other verses that speak about spirits as well. But that's to the side for now. Just how I am to understand this verse, as you just stated, Jesus is the spirit here in conjunction to the Holy Spirit and where it states God is the spirit. Well, I was also trying to say some more stuff, too. So, I mean, th this is kind of like, I mean, maybe not the most um, uh, uh, outspoken verses for the Trinity, but I'd also say, you know, you can see it in here. Like, you know, where the spirit of the Lord is like, you know, Lord, you can say Jesus, but Jesus is God. So Yahweh. Uh, so where God is and then talk about the whole the spirit. Well, that would be the Holy Spirit, but also God is spirit. So on one hand, it seems like, you know, the way you said it kind of like tangles these webs and like makes this like web, like a web tangled mess of like headphone cords that get tangled. But on the other one, it's just like you see like the, the Trinity just like bouncing back and forth. And when it's like becomes indistinguishable and it's just like, well, you're talking about the Holy Spirit, but you also say God is spirit. Well, we also say God is one. So there's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So on one hand, like if, if someone looks at this, They'll see it as like a tangled headphone cord. But on the other hand, if if you look at it the way I do, it's just another representation of how you get the Trinity. And it's all talking about the same God. So whenever you try to divide it up and it's like, well, specifically, is this the Holy Spirit or is this right here specifically Jesus or is this specifically the Father? Well, you know, hero Israel, the Lord, our God is one. So anyways, I know that's probably not what you meant by that. And that's not where I was going for explaining this, but because, you know, I mean, I explain it the way it the way it's written, I mean, at face value, but for a deeper meaning, that, that would be the, the deeper <laughs> meaning that gets into the Trinity. But before any of that, yeah, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So th the actual primary meaning is without going to the Trinity or who, what, where, or like, you know, the Holy Spirit or Jesus, freedom in Christ. That's it. So if you're saved, if you're born again, if you have eternal life, God, the God of the Bible has set you free and you are not bound by sin. You are free in Christ. So 
Uh, yeah, and I appreciate that's the primary meaning of this. Yes, I appreciate that. And just as I should understand it and leave this conversation with understanding as it pertains to the personhood, to the right of the Trinity, which of the three persons is this referring to where it says the um, the spirit of the Lord? Which of the three is this referring to? It's referring to the essence. It's not referring to any singular person in the Trinity. Nate, did you say the Lord refer- refers to Jesus in this context? Did I hear you correct? The very first thing I said, well, hang, hang on, I agree with Chris. Like, there is no problem here. The very first thing I said was Jesus, but then you kind of interrupted me before I could get to the rest of the stuff when I was saying it's all God. But what Chris said, I totally agree with, which goes back to the primary meeting, right? Like, no one on the primary meeting is worried about, you know, well, I mean, maybe you were. That was the question. But generally speaking, when people read that, they're not worried about, like, you know, is this the Father? Is this the Spirit? Is this the Son? Their primary concern is just what Chris said. And it's like, you know, the essence or the essence of this passage specifically is, hey, if you're on God's good side, the the father's side, the son's good side, forget that, just God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. If you're on that guy's good side, you are free. I can say it is for freedom. He said it's free. And I can say amen to that last part. But um, I'm not people. I'm me. So forgive me how my mind works. Please forgive me for that. Um, As it pertains to the triunity or the Godhead. Which of the three am I supposed to see in this verse, or none at all? It, it's the essence. There's one essence, three persons. It's not referring to a specific person, sir. So I'm not supposed to see any of the three. Per, I'm not individual separately. Like it's not. I don't supposed to see the Son here. I'm not supposed to see the Father here. I'm not supposed to see the Holy Spirit here. I'm supposed to see the unity of them here. Though it says the Lord, and Nate said that refers to Jesus. Who would be the son of your persons? I'm not supposed to see no. the person here. I, I've already well, I've already explained twice that I said Jesus, and I also said the Holy Spirit. But the point is God, just God. That's what this means. So even though I was talking about like some deeper, deeper glimpse of the Trinity, I mean, I for the actual point, yeah, I agree, I agree with Chris, and also what I already said. Like you see God, that's it. Like if you want to say, well, is this the Father? Just God. If you want to see the Holy Spirit, nope, back up, God. But That's I'm it. sorry, you Chris, Chris, God. I'm sorry, Chris. It says the Lord here. Which of the three in, in my God, in my Godhead should I understand the Lord to be? It's one God. So when it says one Lord, it's capital L, right? Uh, we we agree. I, I'm saying yeah, amen Lord to one God. I, I'm saying so amen Yahweh, to that. Yeah. Chris, Chris, where it says Lord here, which of the three should I understand the Lord to be? Again, you, you're ignoring what I said. This is talking about the essence of God, which would have all three of the persons. So when we're talking about the Father, Son, and Spirit, when we refer to, quote-unquote, the Lord, that just means Yahweh. The Father is Yahweh, the Son is Yahweh, the Holy Spirit is Yahweh. All three so another are way to the say Lord. that is all of them. You all see, three yes, of the Lord. You see, you yes. see all three. So another way to say that is, uh, okay, so <laughs> let's see. Um, I still haven't looked up the verse because I've been talking. But it was what were the spirit? Uh, what was your aunt, just read the verse? Se- I'll give it to you again. I thought we were, so. It's Second Corinthians three and seventeen. Um, is, is the verse I'm speaking about, Nate? I, yeah, I don't know if you want to read it again. Or no, no, you just read it. I, I'm just trying to like paraphrase the verse, but I I don't. Want to, I'm in. A, I'm no rush. You don't have to paraphrase. You can give me all your time to answer the question. That's why I come to you because for your wisdom. So it says, "Now the Lord <laughs> is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty." Okay, wait, right there. Okay. So another way to read that, I'm, I'm not trying to hurry. I mean, we do have another topic I wanted to get to, but I mean, I'm trying to like settle this in an efficient way. So where the spirit of the 
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are, there is, you know, freedom. So, like, every time you say Lord, another way to read that, which is really complex and unnecessary, but if it helps, you know, if it helps your mind work around it, every time you see Lord, just insert Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That would be another way to do that. That would be really convoluted and exhaustive, but that would be an accurate way. So, because we're talking, I mean, Chris says essence. I say God of the Bible, but to really, like, get your head around it, where the spirit of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit are, there is freedom. Uh, you know, so every time you see Lord, just insert Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, okay, thanks. Great. Um, appreciate that. Uh, thank you so much. I'll be back tomorrow as always. Yeah, I hope that helped. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to rush you. I mean, I thought you were going to, like, weigh in on the pastor conversation. but um, I do yeah, have questions. About for... Can I ask questions about that? I didn't know I could, though. Uh, um, I think we decided women are bad, right? So I can agree with you on the women preacher component. <laughs> I can agree with you on the women preacher component, um, biblically being um, th that scripture tells us that women cannot be in that position of leadership um, as, you know, leading the to church. I agree with you on that. But my question is, uh, is this a church you attend or is this a church you were visiting first and foremost? I want to make sure I'm clear on, the, on, on that. Is, is this your home church or you were visiting there? Uh, the one I was talking about, it, it is my... Uh, if this sounds like something bad, I promise it's just tea dripping out of a container <laughs> into a class. I don't know if you can hear that. It's just tea, I promise. Um, th this is my home church. It's, it's my current so you, home church. Amen. So this is your lead pastor or a pastor at your home church that you would disagree with on and, and is teaching his those believers, you know, you're uh, teaching the believers a, a false doctrine, right? He's misleading them. Uh, but yet you worship under someone who's misleading the congregation. Is that correct? Uh, if you want to be like the Pharisees who are gathering rocks to stone me, then yes, that is correct. Um, I'm stoning you your pastor. The... I'm not stoning you. I'm stoning okay. your pastor. <laughs> if you want to have the grace and the love of Christ, then yeah, this really just hit kind of critical mass this Sunday. So yeah, I, I think I will I will actively be looking for a place that is um, is biblically more accurate. Amen to that. And, Amen. Uh, you know, so it, it's Amen. kind of been it's kind of been outstanding because you know we've we've gone there for for years. Um, ever since we've lived in this area, pretty much. <clears throat> you've so been, we've you've, gone been, there you've I, been led for years by, by a false teacher, and you're up here answering my questions. I got it. Have, <laughs> have you guys had Matt Flick Wait. in this room before? Yeah. Hang on. Okay. So, you know, I don't even know what to say about that. Yeah, sure, whatever. So, led by a false pastor. Um, I don't know. At what point do you find a pastor who you disagree a little bit with and think they're biblically inaccurate, therefore... Um, you know, therefore, I don't know. You can't answer a question. Anyway, that's I'm going to say nonsense, but um, I don't know. Chris, does that mean you are unqualified to answer a question because your pastor may disagree with you on something that you think he's wrong about? You're unqualified. So that I mean, you know, let's let's go ahead and have that discussion if you can still talk, Chris. So I would say, yeah. So for the whatever years, you know, I've been going to this church um, and this, this stuff was tucked away. Right. So it's like if you don't know, you don't know. Like, they could be having, like, satanic seances in the back room for all I know. Who knows? Like, unless you know or something like that, you just don't know what's going on. But, I mean, you know, I, I trust that that's not, not what's happening. But um, as far as the women pastor thing, like, you know, I also was still kind of, um, kind of easygoing about this topic. I'm, like, out of sight, out of mind. It's not something I entertained a lot. It's not something that came up a lot. It's not something I studied a lot. Um, anyway, so over the years, um, I mean, really in the last, like, six months, um, it's been more and more pronounced, like, you know, the, I guess, women pastors um, have taken more of an active role 
which has been kind of like, eh, hmm, I don't know about this, um, in conjunction with these talks, uh, these topics all the time. And so really it just hit critical mass this week. But anyways, what do you think about that, Chris? Does that mean if you are led by a pastor that's so biblically inaccurate, you can never speak uh, for the cause of Christ? Yeah, I think you should probably just, you know, do the right thing and off yourself right now. For the record, liberal. the official position of the Ask a Christian podcast is do not kill yourself. <laughs> it's, it's liberal. Can I add something in here? It's scriptural. Philippians yeah. 2.12. So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So it's our due diligence to follow the scripture. And if we have leaders that are not following the scriptures, you know, we, you know, they have to work out their own salvation in fear and trembling just as we do. And, you know, 100%. I tried to, I, I agree. And I mean, I tried to, to listen with a, a charitability plus like a million hat, Michael. Um, Cause you know, the um, critique has been coming down pretty hard and fast in the last two weeks about just all of us, right? Well, specifically, like, I think Steph, myself, and Chris, and uh, I, I don't know, Sean or Mike East, or maybe a couple other people that regularly are on stage with, you know, how we're doing things wrong and how someone can do it better. And we're like, okay, we'll try it. And then they're like, oh, crap, this is kind of hard. Um, so I, I try to listen with the, with an the ear that's like, okay, maybe we can do better. Here's our chance for improvement increasingly, I think I'm going to be a little more resistant. And I don't know if that's like bad on my part or at least have, have more like guard up like that dude's like, so you've been led by a false pastor for years. I can't even be here. While at the same time, he doesn't understand second Corinthians, like two, um, 15 or 17 or whatever. So this guy has, is like pronouncing judgment with like no data. Right. So if my pastor, you know, has been like, you know, women pastors are great. And so are, Pride people, by the way, um, for years, and I've been sitting there dealing with it, that would be one thing. If he's just like, you know what, it's been revealed to me by God on high that in the last month, women are great for pastors. Right? Anyway, this guy's pronouncing judgment with, like, no data. And I also am lacking on a lot of that data. Like, how long has this church felt that way? How long has my pastor felt like that? that? Um, you know, do these women actually have the title pastor? Like, have they actually been to seminary? I have no idea. I just, you know, assume from where this is going that, I, I mean, I think he did say, like, his, yeah, I, I actually don't even know their credentials. So I don't know if they're using pastor as like a honorific term. I mean, I know some have definitely given sermons. So anyway, working with like incomplete data and pronouncing judgment, thank Jesus he's not a cop. Otherwise, there'd be lots of people in false uh, imprisonment probably. Yes, Chris. No, I, I totally agree. I, I, I mean, look, the thing is, is that, you know, we're never going to all agree on all doctrines at all times. I mean, that is the beauty of the gospel is that Nate and I can have a different theological idea of, say, you know, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, um, you know, and, and what is extant today and what isn't. Um, and still be friends and brothers because it's not an essential of the faith. When we start declaring people anathema about non-essentials, 
that's that's when we get into trouble. And so I would say that the women pastor thing, while important, and I think is a denial of inerrancy, is very, very important. Um, and I wouldn't sit at a church that is having women pastors. Um, I'm not going to break fellowship with other Christians that believe women pastors are okay because it's a secondary issue. Yeah, this is I mean, coming can, from Chris. And, yeah, and I can think and, they're wrong, and, and I can think that I wouldn't well, be in a church on the with them. Story but. too, because there, there's, there's... Uh, hang on, Johnny. I, I want to get to yeah. some other people that have still been quiet. I'm trying to move on. I have one more topic, and now, but you said you had a question. But I've got, I've got one more thing I wanted to ask Chris, which is kind of along these lines. So, Chris, and I know we talked about this, and I have a feeling I, I know what you're going to say because I mean my answer would probably be similar. But so like unbiblical churches, right? And, and you probably have a higher threshold for that than me, me do, or a lower threshold for that than I do. But I mean, something we can pretty much all, all agree on, like, t- uh, you know, the televangelist people that are, are, I don't even know if we can say prosperity people, like that, like that guy I sent you, that's like, you know, say a prayer and blessings are going to unload from the heaven, and you're going to get money in 10 minutes, or, you know, just something that's like wildly heretical. Um, I mean, people, you wouldn't deny that people are still somehow getting saved, right? Like, I, I mean, may, I don't even know that guy, but I mean, for example, like the, the people, the televangelists on TV or something like that, where you would say they're probably full of demons and, and stuff like that, um, but they'll still give a biblically accurate gospel at like the end, or they'll be like, okay, so, you know, there's Jesus, he died for you. So even if they mean like completely different things when they say God and gospel and Jesus, you would say, for, for like, you know, the thousands of people, who are, I don't know, um, calling into these prayer lines or, you know, saying the prayer in their own house, like it would still be, if they don't know that secretly by Jesus, they mean like, I don't know, whatever you say they mean by Jesus or like a spirit force energy or something like that. That's their genie bottle. Um, if they just hear, well, there's a God who died for your sins. And, you know, this is Jesus, his death, his burial, resurrection. Um, you would probably say, well, that's completely valid. And, you know, those people who hear that message, even from this less than, you know, great pastor, um, they're still saved if they pursue that, if they call on the name of the Lord, you know, they, they go through this gospel and they receive that, then they're saved and that's legit. So what, what do you think about that happening in, um, in these like unbiblical churches or stuff like that? And I mean, I, it's kind of a weak question cause I mean, you already said, sure, but what, I mean, you know, the devil would, would that do anything to lessen your claim of they're probably demon possessed, like they could be unbiblical or heretical. But, I mean, if they're giving the gospel and people are legitimately getting saved, would that at least lessen the claim of the full of demons? Because if they were full of demons, they probably wouldn't give a biblically accurate gospel. I I don't know. What do you think? So, again, I think that, like, people can be saved in spite of crappy teaching. And so, you know, I, I know of people who have been saved that were going to Roman Catholic churches. And it's not because the priest suddenly busted out with a biblical gospel and told it to them. It's that they understood to repent and believe on their own through reading the scriptures. Um, you know, does it mean that that priest was somehow, you know, giving them the biblical gospel and he's, you know, somehow saying that Thomas Aquinas and, you know, all of the popes are wrong? Like, no, I'm sure that priest is not teaching that. Like, I mean, maybe some, but, you know, that's not what's going on there. And so I would say that you can you can be in a completely unbiblical and apostate church, and God is powerful enough and God is loving enough to save people even in that situation. All right. Um, I, I know there's um, Michael and Harold, but uh, Abba, 
I don't think ever has a question. We, we usually ask him questions. But Ava, so, you had a question. So I want so you to. I, like uh, to... I want you to respond to the following statement. Biblical and unbiblical, there's no such thing. What there is is, I want to center these particular verses, verses and minimize other verses, and a different group might want to do the same thing. But to say that there is actually some objective standard for what is biblical or unbiblical is actually made up. There's no such thing. And you just want a response to all of that? Yeah, and let me just clarify again. What I don't mean is, is it written in the Bible? What I mean is the place of importance of those verses in the particular community. So such that when one church says, well, this is biblical, and another one says, that isn't biblical, um, that phrase doesn't actually mean anything. What, the, okay. what, it really means, what it really means is, is I've centered these verses in the Bible as part of my you know, belief structure in this particular church, and another group has structured, centered other different verses in the Bible, but there is no such thing as an objective standard of biblical or unbiblical, save, well, it's written in the book. Says the rabbi so, who doesn't believe the Torah from a shim. Oh, <laughs> wait, 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 one second, one second, please. Wait, one second, please. That is a poisoning of the well that has no oh, relevance to the question does. that I'm asking. Excuse me, please. I just said, says the rabbi who doesn't take the Torah literally from Hashem, that's all. Excuse me, please. None of that has any relevance to the question that I'm asking, and none of, that is all poisoning the well. None yeah, so of I'd that like matters. To, yeah, so I'd like to respond, and I think Todd also wanted to respond, so we'll see what he has to say. And yeah, by the way, if I invite you on stage, don't just be a jerk and interrupt people. I mean, that's like, you know, tell me you want disinvited without telling me you went disinvited. But, um... <clears throat> So, uh, Abba, yeah, I, I would say I can. I definitely see your point, and I agree to your point. So I'll say yes, that that point is fine. However, there is another side which I think you. I mean, you're going to have to agree with me on. Um, so when people say, and also like colloquially, like you know, is it biblical meaning what you said? I, I totally agree. But then there's, I mean, literally, is it biblical? <laughs> like the conversation we were having, I think, before you got in here, how I was talking to someone, and um, you know, they were asking. You know, they, they thought that, I don't know, they were challenging the idea that, you know, LGBT, like, you know, gay stuff in church and um, that that was a sin, like homosexuality practicing was a sin. They were challenging that. Um, and that would not apply in your case because, um, so first of all, no, everything you said I agree with. But then the other half of that would be when I said, well, it's right here in the Bible. So why would you think that's okay, like, at all? And their response was not derived from the Bible. Their response was, oh, I, I, I didn't realize it said it that clearly. I have no biblical argument. So in that sense, like there are some things that are, that are biblical, like they're written in the Bible. And if the other person's argument is not just more or less importance on different verses, their entire position is just their opinion. And there is no verses in the Bible they're pulling from. Well, then it's very clearly unbiblical. It's just not in the Bible. And I mean, I, I think usually, like what your point, like, you know, in theology, usually people will pull on scriptures for whatever their side is. And I totally agree that that's what people are doing. But I mean, there are sometimes that people's arguments will just come from like external stuff or feelings or emotions or opinions that literally are not in the Bible. <laughs> so they're just kind of pulling them out of thin air. 
Um, so would you would you say sure with that little caveat that doesn't happen super often? Yeah, I would just say the the phenomenon of something written in the Bible or not written in the Bible, maybe that's the only thing we can actually say accurately is well, right? Most if of we the mean time, sure. if we if we mean that's not in the Bible and it's actually not, or it is in the Bible and it actually is. So that's what biblical or unbiblical means. But I think most of the time when it's used, it means you're not reading the Bible like I'm reading. Right. And I, I think yeah, it's and, and I, I think and I think it just elides. I think the wording is a little tricky because it makes people think, well, it's written there. So that means it's written there. But, yeah, there's a bajillion things written there that I could choose to focus on or not to, or not focus on. So when we and say think, that's biblical, that just means my interpretation of biblical about what's important. It doesn't mean in the book or out of the book. Yeah. And then I, I think, uh, well, Todd, I want to see what he had to say, too. But I mean, there would be certain things like uh, that. I mean, you may not be able to say absolutely, objectively, but pretty darn close to it. Like if, um, you know, the Bible says, look, this is a sin. <laughs> and then someone else is like, well, over here, look, it, re it really means that, you know, no matter what you do, like it's it's OK. And, you know, God forgives you because of, you know, this reason that connects to this reason that connects to this reason. Even though you may not be able to say objective in the most strict sense, you could be like, OK, 99 percent of people are going to make, look, this is a sin because the Bible says this is a sin, like uh, like in Leviticus, like what eighteen or something. It says sure, like, but that's different. You know, that's it, just it, a fact it, of the matter, right? That's just a what does it say, right? Right, and then okay, so agree, like the best thing. Right? In other words, well, I yeah. think we agree. I think we agree. We do. Then, like it's like it says what it says, and there are interpretive and um, doctrinal choices that center certain things, minimize other things, and there's a diversity of that. And oftentimes, what people say is biblical is is after that second stage. I've already decided what's central and what's less central. And that's what yeah. people mean when they say biblical, but that's kind and of like inaccurate. The, yeah, and like the best version of what you're talking about is is like, you know, uh, predestination and free will. Because, you know, people will use like, you know, the same amount of scriptures to justify like, you know, uh, free will as no free will. And it's like, yeah, I mean, that that's textbook what you're talking about. And I would agree. But uh, Todd, you wanted to respond, I think, about was it about objective or... If you're still speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, when we talk about biblical versus unbiblical, uh, I do believe that when we say biblical, we mean where the Bible speaks on a subject. If we say something on that same subject, do what we say lines up with what the Bible says? And if what we say contradicts what the Bible says on that subject, then we are unbiblical. We are speaking unbiblically because we contradict what the Bible says about a certain subject. So obviously if it's not in the Bible, like I'm talking about the internet and a certain website on the internet, uh, the Bible is not going to speak about that. So it's, it's irrelevant, but that which the Bible does speak about we can contradict it by being opposed to it. And so what we have to do is understand or get to the correct interpretation, the correct meaning of what the Bible speaks about. And that is what our, that is what the challenge is. Where the Bible speaks about certain things, we need to submit to what it says and make sure that our thoughts and our teachings from it line up with what the author meant 
contextually, historically, literally, and uh, be very careful to make sure that we're not contradicting God. So, I mean, I, so, so I think my, yeah. I, yeah, Nate, I think my I? critique is, I think my critique is that it's a bad word to describe what you mean. It doesn't actually capture what you mean because it's so, you have to be like, you have to explain it all out. In other words, I think it would be more honest actually, and probably more easy to understand and would could create less uh, arguments between group A that thinks this is biblical and group B that thinks that's biblical because they don't, they both think that, right? So what's better to say is, according to our understanding of the Bible, this is what's biblical. And according to our understanding of the Bible, that's what's biblical. That's the more accurate thing. But just to say biblical and unbiblical, again, yeah. absent, uh, 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 if it goes beyond, is it in there or is it not in there, confuses the issue. I think that's my critique. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Um, someone else was it, Johnny? Someone else had yeah, something to say. Say it that, quick, and then we're going to talk to others. And and I could specifically speak to this. Um, I, I I don't know your. Um, I don't know what you want to gain from this, but if you really want to know the Bible, it's not it's not an easy uh, read at all. Um, I read the Bible my whole life when I was a child, and I read it, and it meant nothing to me. It was blah, blah, blah. But there's a certain time, there's a certain place when you actually believe, and this is, this is where everything comes in, is when you actually believe in Jesus and, and ask him, just seek and you will actually, it will change. Things will change. Things will make sense. And you'll read it and it'll be in a totally different uh, perspective that you would never imagine. This sounds crazy, but it's true. But um, but you will read yep. it and, and, and it's, it, it's completely different. It's 100% different. Everything makes sense. And... I'm not talking about the Old Testament. It's uh, that's still hard for me because of the names, but you know the the words of Jesus. Um, he speaks in parables for a reason because you know we're humans. Uh, we're not that smart because you know he's God, and he does it for a reason. But if 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 you kind of go back and you listen, these people back in the day were not dumb people. They were very very smart people. And Jesus, on top of that, had to speak to us in parables. And if you could go back and actually uh, just ask, just just kind of uh, seek to have that wisdom. So, I mean, today, 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 I'm sorry, hold on. Today, if you could just at, like at, take two seconds out of your time and ask for that wisdom to read and understand the gospel of Jesus Christ and it makes total sense. It, it it's night and day from when you're not a believer. And um Well I would uh, agree with that and, and to piggyback on it and I'm sorry I'm trying to hit the mute button. Pardon me. No you're, <coughs> you're done. I'm done. For some reason like I, I I'm absolutely like choking you to death over here. So it's it's worse today than usual so forgive me. Um, I'm not always able to get the mute button fast enough. But yeah, I mean, to that point, that would be the thing I would leave this topic with would be 
that although people quibble about scriptures and, you know, what's biblical or unbiblical the way um, Abba described it that I agree with, um, for people on the outside who, you know, don't believe, uh, you know, like the Christian view of scripture and things like that, um, I would hate for them to walk away with the understanding that, well, that's just how it is. Like, you know, whatever someone gets, you know, people are going to fight and these own Christians can't agree on their own religion. Um, I would say most of the time when you catch people fighting about this stuff and like quibbling over who's right and who's wrong, blah, blah, blah. These are usually secondary issues, unless it's just like way off the beaten track. So usually on the salvation stuff, the must get rights, most people do. They're like, okay, Jesus, death, burial, resurrection, repent, stop doing what's bad, believe the gospel, ask him to give you eternal life and make you born again. Sure. Most of the people quibbling about everything else will agree on that. But it's like that oftentimes is so quick and easy because it's just a handful of points that then it's like, well, what else are we going to do? And then they're like, okay, well, let's work out our doctrine. And that's where like fights begin, like on these finer points that do not matter for like secondary issues and salvation and stuff like that. That's where you'll get a lot more people fighting like the predestination, the free will thing, which coincidentally, but uh, you know, that, that's the best example of what um, Abba's discussion was talking about how, you know, free will people are like, well, this is biblical and here's the scriptures. And other people are like, no, no, there is no free will. God commends your steps, and this is biblical. Um, but both of those people totally agree on the fundamentals, the musket rights. So I would just say um, that. Michael. I'm going I'm to disagree with you, Nate. Oh, wait. Wait, hang on, Johnny. Um, we've heard a lot from you, and I appreciate it, but I, I want to get some other people in here. Nate, are you able to remove the dude down there named James Madu? Uh. What's going on? Is he like saying cursing and chat or something? He's just he's just trolling and interfering. Uh, you know, he wants to call me a fake rabbi, and he's just he's a troll. It's spy, spy Moza, Rich, whatever the fuck his name is. Um, he's just an angry. Well, let's curtail that. Let's get him. Let's get him out of here. Uh, well, so I mean, if there's like you know some, I, I mean, I can't read all the chat. Um if it gets to that level of like, I don't know, hardcore, like a hatred or cursing, it, it's, um, it's gotten, you, you know, there. I'll, oh, it's there. It's, Nate, there. it's gotten there. Let's just bounce. Oh. Okay. Thanks, well, Nate. I will take Appreciate your word it. for it, but anyway, typically, I, I mean, like, Oh my gosh, I'm having, I'm having trouble. Like when I try to click on someone, it's like either invite to speak or wow. You should get more mods. Hang on. Get more mods, homie. Well, it's a stupid clubhouse thing. Did that work? So listen, like, Nate, I, I just consider to... it, Nate, consider it this way, right? If some Muslim came in to your room and said, you're not a real Christian, I think that would be quite offensive. So what okay, this wait, dude, that... what... does that really Okay, hang on. You, wait, 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 hang on, hang on. There's two things. Stop. Okay. I'm just going to clear the stage. Like this has been a train wreck, my fault ever since I began. Okay. So first of all, there's technical pr problems. If he's not gone, I don't know what to do. Maybe I'll make someone a mod a minute. But I'm trying to like click on the name in Clubhouse. Like every time I click on remove, it like scrolls up and it's not letting me. So if, if he's still here, let me know in a minute. But the big thing is, you know, I am fine with free speech. I let all kinds of nonsense, offensive, blasphemous stuff go on. Uh, if there's like cursing or it's like incredibly severe, uh, that's usually when I'll kick someone or if they're just like spam posting or something like that. So um, in interest of that, Rabbi, to be fair, if, you know, he's like, you know, um, rabbis are false. They're leading people to hell and Abba's not either. And, you know, he's probably demon possessed. I'd be like, no, sorry, if you don't like that, leave. But to be fair, 
if people also, you know, come on stage and start cursing and kicking in the audience, that usually makes them really mad. So they will say, you know, I'm wrong. You know, I'm the white devil. I'm leading people to hell. I'm not, the, uh, you know, I'm not following the true Messiah, blah, blah, blah. And they'll say all kinds of trash talk about me. And I don't remove them. I just let it keep going on. So that's, I have a that's fair enough. I, fair enough. I think the attacks here are personal. Um, and that's why I think they're, uh, they, they cross the line of that free speech threshold that you've lined up. Okay. Well, if he's, if he's still here, maybe I'll just have to make another, another mod or something. But anyway, that's, that's the general rule. And I know we talked about this before, like really, if there's lots of cursing, you're just gone because I mean, you know, we're living in a sort of civil civilized world, but if they're like, Nate sucks, he's full of demons, you know, but I mean, if they're like saying like, I don't know, Nate is involved in criminal activity and he's money laundering, I'd be like, okay, well now you're making accusations. I don't know. So I don't know. I'll, I'll trust you well enough. Is it, is it that level or is it just like, nah, Rabbi sucks. I don't like Look, it. you guys, you guys run a generally very civil, very open space. Um, at times, as you said, because of your sort of free speech commitments, you end up end up people end up being here and saying weird crap and whatever it's offensive to some people not offensive to other people um rich has decided right from some outside position of judaism what my judaism represents inside our own community and it's just simply inappropriate is it open uh, is it open blasphemy yeah hang on that is hang on hang on yeah yeah wait 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 it's not about blasphemy it's simply about Okay, um, hang on. We're we're he moving has on. No so, standing. He has no yeah, standing. Yeah, hang on. So we're we're moving on. So I made Todd a mod. Great. He can use his great. discretion. I have tried to take you guys' word and remove him. Okay. Clubhouse great. is That's not a, Clubhouse. Thanks, Clubhouse is not okay. letting me. It's physically not letting me. So uh you All know. Good. Thanks. Todd's a mod. Thanks I for hearing. his discretion. All good. Thanks for hearing me out. Sure. Michael, what's up, Michael? He's stick a fork in me now. Hey, since you were trying to remove him, I went ahead and removed him. Since Thanks, that, Todd. That was your intent, so I went Appreciate ahead and did it. it since that's what you Thank wanted, Nate. All right. Well, I'm glad I let you. <laughs> Are you speaking, Michael? Good morning. It well, surely so... is not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's wow. There's so much to say. Um, over what's been said. Um, I'm not even sure where to start. Um, okay, so <laughs> le let's start with... Um, oh, man, Johnny left. That's that's unfortunate. Um, yeah, so J Johnny saying that, you know, basically, you know, and, and I'm going to paraphrase just a smidge, um, you know, men don't argue over stuff. Um, that's ridiculous. Um you know, but it, it's it, it's interesting in, in in what he said. I think what he I don't think that's what he meant to say, but that's kind of how it came out. Um, so yeah, that's silly. Um, but there's been there's been a lot of stuff uh, said the, this morning, and I I think that was kind of the first thing um, that really kind of caught my eye caught my ear and it's interesting because you can go to and i've mentioned this guy a couple times but there's a guy you know standing for truth is uh oh michael yeah hang on i just had to yeah i said turn on i'm just leaving my driveway and i turn off my wi-fi because it tries to my wi-fi tries to hold on for as long as possible um 
Right. So, you know, I mean, he does all kinds of soteriology debates on his YouTube channel. And I mean, you, you can find people that will agree, like you said, Nate, you know, kind of on quote unquote, the basics. Um, and, and yeah, but it, it might be, I mean, it's incredibly charitable to say all Christians agree on the basics, basics, uh, you know, but I mean, you know, I mean, you have, you know, Trinitarians and, and people who, you know, preach oneness and, you know, and then you have, you know, people like, uh, you know, baptized who will come in here and, you know, claim you're not Christian and everybody's not Christian but him. And, you know, and then, you, you know, the crying tears and, and all these other things. So it's it, it might be a little bit of an overgeneralization to say, you know, all, you know, all Christians believe in the same things outside of like I, I'll grant you the gospel. I won't grant you anything more than that. Um, I won't grant myself but, any more than yeah. that. Yeah, but but yeah, just it it was kind of it, it did kind of pique my interest a little bit. And Haiti, who was in here for a couple minutes, was like, you know, it's like, have you, you know, it's like, if you, you know, sure, you know, I think what she says basically, you know, yeah, and she said it very tongue in cheek, of course, you know, yeah, men never argue about anything. It's just so silly. Um, but yeah, maybe that's a, enough for for now. Anyway, good morning, everybody. Hey Nate, back channel. What's on? Back channel, Nate. I said, what's up? Hmm. Well, Chris, got anything else? I mean, what else, what else can be said? Man, I don't know. That was a lot. Like I, I just hate, uh, being in that position where <laughs> so many people are trying to talk and there's like like stutter steps and it's like oh what what, uh, 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 what, what uh, oh I hate that like that makes me want to club baby seals and it's my fault I mean well you know except clubhouse not letting me uh, you know mute and moderate as I like um, which that doesn't matter I do that anyways when it is not a technical difficulty. But I, I like people to have the freedom to speak like popcorn style, like at will. But um, yeah, when that becomes when people can't <laughs> hey, give Nate. a take and it's like everyone like right now <laughs> is just waiting Sorry. on the edge for there to be like a lull to jump in before someone else does. But that increasingly becomes less and less. So now instead of waiting for them to finish, they just like preemptively interrupt before someone else does. I don't like that. It's stressful. What's up, Baba? <laughs> Hey, yeah, this um, this fellow with the all black uh, PTR was is the gentleman that was just removed from the room. I already explained myself in the back channel, Evan. All I said oh, is, as a conservative rabbi, I said you were heretical in the eyes of Orthodox rabbis, just it like is, they would say about it. Is not the place. It is it. It is not the place for you to speak on behalf of Orthodox in the rabbis. Side chat. Excuse me, please. It is not the, your place to speak on behalf of Orthodox rabbis in the side chat. Being a rabbi and what with you not being a Jew and well, whatever I the am a Jew. Jewish community I'm a accepts. Excuse me, please. Okay, me, okay, wait, wait, wait. We're not doing this here. Hang on, everyone, stop. Don't care about this. Go fight on your own. Um, by by the way, you know, like I appreciate your input, Abba. Uh, but you know, I have a, uh, I have a like, I, I don't know the gradation as far as rabbis go. But I have, um, I, I guess, very, very orthodox rabbinical friend or whatever. And, y you know, I like they're my go to source 
for like all things that I would want input from a Jewish person on. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess like pretty much as far as you can go one direction, they are there. Um, but still, I mean, like, you know, if they're, and I know like what conservative rabbis, like on the scale are supposed to be like what middle ground. And then there's like, is it like liberal rabbis? Here's, or, here's the or, point, Nate. Here's the point, Nate. People who don't understand the inner workings of Jewish denominationalism and are de and are not Jewish and not part of the community have no standing to say who is or who is not authentic and et cetera, et cetera. And this fellow over here Talmud wants to just because he thinks Jews because he thinks Christianity is actually the true way to be Jewish, and he would call Orthodox Jews heretics too. He's a, just a troll, and he is not worthy of being in your. Well, space. let's move on to Mir. <laughs> What's up, Mir? I don't have a question right now. Thank you. Are you sure? Think about it for a second. Do you have one? Because that would be really helpful if you did. I I could say, I know you don't want to hear this topic. You can ask any Orthodox rabbi or Jew. They would not be okay with a Christian attacking a conservative rabbi. So I could just say that. Well, let's see if Michael uh, wants to say anything while you're driving. Uh, Michael, have you driven yourself off a bridge yet? I have a genuine question, Nate. To you. Uh, it's a question about Christianity. What would you say is the best evidence that Jesus is the Messiah from the Old Testament? If I was wondering. I was going to say the resurrection, but from the Old Testament. No, I mean like the evidence from the Old Testament. Yeah, I, I know that's Jesus. why. Yeah, yeah, I, I know that's why. I mean, you know, is it what? Is it Isaiah? Like, you know, you'll give birth to son and call his name Emmanuel, and you know, the everlasting King. Like, I mean, I think, I think that's pretty compelling. And then you know, we see what happens. Which then, I understand the the counter is your reverse engineering, but I also don't think I think that's just reporting the news. It's like, well, that's what was supposed to happen. Like, it no wonder it it sounds like it fits hand in glove so so perfect because it does it's supposed to um and then that's where people will just argue back and forth but i mean for me i mean i think uh and then also like going going backwards like um gosh there's so much if i if i think about it for a second i'd also say the first page of genesis like you know whenever i mean having the benefit of you know looking back in time not forward in time so i'd say that as far as the prophecy go looking from from old to new or from back to forwards but then in Genesis, looking back uh, forwards from looking to the past, like, you know, where God is, you know, creating people in his likeness. And then we have the benefit of when Jesus shows up, well, he's a human and he's with other humans. So it's like, well, that makes me think that that conversation, like, let us create man and mankind in our image. And then we have Jesus and we look like him and he looks like us. So I think that that's pretty good evidence. That's probably off the beaten path a little bit, because usually people want to talk about prophecies and things like that. But if we believe the Bible is the, you know, the recorded scripture that we're supposed to get from God, I mean, I think that's a pretty compelling case. Um, what do you think, Chris? Are you speaking? Sure. No, it seems, seems like a very long conversation to try to have in this room. I mean, you know, there, there are, it literally says that Jesus went through all of the, the Tanakh and showed where the Messiah must suffer and die and gave all the evidences there. And we could have a couple of hour ram on everything that Jesus would have gone through. And then we can go through the rabbinical interpretations of that stuff. And 
have a nice fine argument, but it seems like that's a pretty protracted discussion. Well, I appreciate that answer from you gentlemen. Let's invite some. D, uh, Todd, can you, are, are you able to invite D up? I, I, I invited her like forever I'm, ago. I'm, 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 uh, oh, what the heck, Clubhouse? What's up, D? Do you have anything to say? No, I was just here to support freedom of speech, but I think you have it under control. <laughs> Do I? <laughs> Nate, you are having a rough go this morning. <laughs> well, but between like between me, like I, I'm like a hagfish over here. I'm just like coughing up all kinds of like nastiness. You, so I mean, you, you know, bet- between like I didn't even hear the thing. Like I, I guess you said was said about like men don't argue. Like I didn't even hear that because I was I was like over here like hacking up a lung. Um, so yeah, this is this is just a fun day, day full of fun and excitement. Wait, well, so what? Are you supposed to be going to the doctor? What what happened there? I did, and oh, I actually have an appointment tomorrow to see the results. I mean, I guarantee, like, the, the, very, the simplest answer is usually the right one, right? So, like, post-infection cough is what people have been saying for six months. And they're like, oh, it can last, like, up to around six months. Oh, I guess, you know, you'll just have to deal with that. I'm like, really? Never in my life has anything like this happened. So, what the heck? They're like, well, let's test you for asthma. I'm like, guarantee I don't have asthma guarantee it <laughs> um and you know all this other stuff so like well let's like go put a you know microscope in your lungs and see if we can see anything I'm like pretty sure you're not going to find anything so yeah uh, besides like you know dissecting me on a table or something like no they're they're not going to find anything they're like well i guess it is what we thought in the very first uh, you know diagnosis it's a post-infection cough that can linger for six months or longer i'm like wonderful the, this is how it ends so it's interesting. So, like, I left my medical degree in my other pants. But, oh, maybe um, I should go to Canada for free medical service. There you go. Um, Can I come no, at your place? Uh, absolutely. No, no question. Um, so it's it's funny. So I, I also do not have asthma. However, um, I think it's la- not the this year past, but the year before. So 2021 um, had, a, had a crazy cough, ended up as uh, bronchitis. And, you know, so went on, you know, antibiotics, all that stuff, la, 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 everything's fine. And then I ended up with this, this lingering cough and it, it lasted for a while. And I went back to see my doctor. And what my doctor says was, um, what my doctor said was, well, you may have something, you may have something called bronchial spasms, which is basically like your lungs kind of like, like any other kind of muscle, like in spasm causing you to cough. So I don't have asthma. He put me on asthmatic inhalers for a couple of weeks and it cleared it up. So you you might just want to suggest that to your doctor. Interesting. Uh, you know, I, I do have um, some of the ibuterol, I think, inhalers, um, and like the nebulizer thing. So I, I don't know. Maybe they need to like mix the concoction different, or I don't know. I kind of gave up on it because I'm like, these don't seem. Please to do not so. medicate yourself. Please have a physician medicate you. Please don't medicate yourself. Chris, this is why you want to. This is why you want to burn people. Chris, this is why you want to burn people at the stake because you you think you hear what they're saying, but you really don't. None of this is self medication. All of this came from my doctor. Yes, I know. I'm just saying that sometimes you use things for off label use. Not you. I'm just saying people do. Well, sure. Yeah, don't do that. Consult your doctor. Do what's prescribed. Correct. Someone was saying something. Who was saying something? I thought I heard someone else chime in. 
No? Okay. Well, we had, we had such uh, such conversation earlier that everyone everyone puttered out. Yes, we solved all the problems. What happened earlier? I didn't get into later on today. So what happened? Oh, just very passionate uh, discussions <laughs> about uh, women pastors and how because you know my church is apparently cool with that and they like really made a stake uh, this last Sunday that I'm like. Well, crap! Is this enough to, uh, you know, really seek me, make me like actively look for another church? And I'm like, well, I think it is. Um, and then um, some other dude that's like, what? What is that guy? Unitarian or whatever? Like, always comes in here and like asks questions. And usually, I just, you know, answer the question. He says thanks and leaves. Um, but when Chris is in here, he's like, "You're an idiot. You're wrong. You don't understand." Uh, anyway, so this guy just found out that, you know, I've, I've been in a church where, you know, apparently they're cool with women pastors for like a few years. And he's like, how have I been asking you questions this whole time? I can't even. So I, I think he may be like running for the razors. You know, don't do that. But I, I think he, I like shook whatever confidence he had in, you know, our Christian ability to to read a scripture and say that's what it means. Um, because I, I dare have been in a church that apparently has been cool with women pastors um, for a few years. So. You know, that's deceived, Nate. You're easily deceived, man. You know what? <laughs> um, it's funny. Like, I never had an issue with women pastors, but anytime a woman pastor came up and took the place of our regular pastor, I was just like, oh my gosh, I got to hear this woman talk. It's not even that this woman, it's just, it just never was like, it just never sat right in my spirit. But then once I uh, heard the Bible verse, I said, see? Makes sense. <laughs> well, Dee, can can I ask you a question? I was saving this for Steph because it's kind of political, but it can relate to this too. But would you uh, would you want to don the mantle and take take this up on behalf of all women everywhere? Uh, we'll see. Let's and try answers. it. <laughs> Let's try it. I feel like Dee would be a really good representative for all women. No pressure. Don do this. For yeah, really no pressure. All the women. You're I'm really, the leader of all the women. Yes, I'm taking up the mantle. All right, we're yeah. kicking stuff out. Okay, this is not something I would say, except I'm saying it, but I mean, th this is not my argument. I just heard someone make this point, and I thought, you know, if Haiti was in here, like, she would, like, short-circuit clubhouse, and it would probably just, like, kill all of our phones right now. I mean, it is not flattering at all, but I thought, you know, let's not shy away from the... the Tough and offensive questions. So, the thing I heard this week that I was going to wait for Steph to ask, but I'll ask you, is the argument from emotion, or argument that women are more emotional. So, um, usually it will creep into the pastor conversation, like, well, you know, the biblical, uh, Abba, the biblical reasons, the reasons written in the Bible, <laughs> why, why uh, you know, women shouldn't be pastors, and the reason listed is, you know, Eve was... The second, Adam was made first, and Eve was the, the one who was deceived. That's the biblical reasons it gives. Whether there's more or less, it doesn't matter. Like what's written on paper it, are those reasons. Then it will usually get into, well, women are more emotional. They can be persuaded. So, you know, even though typically when, you know, scandals and stuff in the church happen, it's, it's because of men. But also there's way more men pastors than women. Anyways, they will say, well, you know, that's why women, because they, they play in their emotions, um, 
that would get into their counseling ability, that would get into their leadership ability, their structural ability, and they will be able to be swayed easier than men. Um, and then, okay, so here's the thing. Over the weekend, that case was made for... <laughs> woo, that case was made for why our current political situation is the way it is, is because women are allowed to vote. And because of that, uh, they are easily manipulated for their emotions. And that is why we are in the current state of decay, because they will, like the, the people who want things done um, that go against common sense or go against, um, you know, the status quo, usually the traditional way of things, they can't prove it with facts and evidence and numbers as a matter of fact thing. So they get what they want by playing the emotional game and appealing largely to women and saying, well, look, uh, what about this? And look how the baby feels. And, you know, what about this? And, you know, if the mother feels this way, you know, all these men are trying to keep them down and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, the point is because women are emotional and they're allowed to vote, arguments are made and policies are passed based on emotion that could never be passed in like black and white ink because they are such horrible policies, but they're able to get sounds, their way because emotional sounds arguments. Just like, sounds just like misogyny to me. I mean, that's so Okay, sad. so deep. So my answer to that is called balance. Um, the thing is, is that there has to be an emotional aspect to any decision-making because you have to think about the, the larger good sometimes and the larger good that's for the people, not necessarily the larger good for what's best for a small percentage of people. Um, but I feel like um, we can take it both ways. If you look at all the dictatorships in the world where you have one man ruling, it never necessarily went right. And then if you, when the women weren't voting, you know, from my historical perspective, it wasn't the best way, you know, with just looking at American history when it was just all men and they created laws that um, this you know, that was unjust for a large portion of society. So I think emotion, regardless if it comes from men or women, has to be a factor. You have to have empathy in order to see whether or not um, your decision-making is for the good of the whole. I mean, I think even in the Bible, I don't even know what the verse is. Maybe it's not in the Bible, but it was just a, a thing that was said like, oh, no, I guess it wasn't in the Bible. If you make, if the person on the, who was, you know, has the least, the smallest role in society, if rules were made to benefit that person, then it would benefit the whole. So it takes someone with emotional intelligence in order to balance it out completely. So I don't think emotion is the, the problem. I honestly think that alpha females who, who tend to take leadership roles are not really good at leadership because they lack the emotional intelligence. So I just, I'm just not a fan of alpha females. And a lot of times it's the alpha female who takes the role and then they just kind of destroy everything. So that's my opinion. And uh, Chris, tell us why you hate women. Because it's biblical. And <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I believe that men and women have different roles that are God-given to each sex. Is that controversial? So you do not believe women should uh, vote? Oh, well, no, of course not. Yeah, Women voting is a recipe for disaster. 
Well, uh, Chris, someone says Paul hates <laughs> women in the scripture. So if you read, and thanks for that, D, by the way. I, I wanted to like, you know, give, give Steph that question specifically to, uh, you know, I, I guess I'll also like, you know, lovingly, lovingly in Christ mock her um, and, and with it. But anyways, thank you for giving us your, uh, your take on that. I appreciate that. But yeah, I mean, you know, I heard it and I thought, you know, that's an incredibly, you know, offensive question. But let's go ahead and throw it out and see what some of the uh, some of the people in the crowd have to say about it. But um, red meat. Sure. Yes, red meat. But keep this in mind: when you guys did have the ability to vote, and women didn't have the ability to vote, you you, did, you only looked out for yourselves. So if you if men did what they were supposed to do and protected and provided for for the weaker vessels, then we wouldn't even have to have this conversation. If you guys did oh, what you were supposed to do. So that's why you know, there's issues and not allowing um, uh, diversity, a different perspective outside of your own to vote. But you guys had the ability to do it, and you kind of threw that to the wayside. Well, that's a good point, D. But also, I would say, um, you know, because if everyone had that understanding, I agree. But, you know, unfortunately, not everyone does. So, like, you know, when everyone looked out for themselves and like like you were talking about, like the biblical take, like, you know, men men are supposed to do this and, you know, look out for pe- look out for the women, things like that. Um, that's a good point. But it would also not be right to say, you know, we dropped the ball um, exclusively because people who were voting were also not always Christian. So, uh, you know, it's our secular government. So imagine all the people who are like, you know, each, to each their own or every man for himself, literally every man for himself or um, – you know, so they didn't have that biblical value that they, um, you know, that they should be, be looking out and, you know, keeping everyone's best interest in mind. Um, so I, I would say that. And, that, you know, that's also why a Christian, uh, you know, like Christian values don't always mesh in secular society. I mean, a lot of times so they Nate, do think God, like, you know, we agree about murder and that's bad. And but, I, so, yeah. Nate, are you proposing that only Christians should get to vote? I'm just teasing you. I did not say that. Only, <laughs> only white Ooh. Christian land-owning literate, literate men. Yes, I agree with Abba. See how that works? <laughs> See, we have we have these areas of agreement between myself and the rabbi. On the question of like women are more emotional, I got to say, the types of things that in history men have gone to war over seem to me, right, there's a whole list of petty emotional things that men have gone like to women, over. like women, for example. Um, so <laughs> I just am, I just am not sure that this critique holds up that women are more emotional and therefore can't be good leaders. I just think that fails every time. So here's what I just These heard guys, is that everything is women's. Katie fault. came back that's just what, in time. That's what, what? Abba just no, said. Is everything women boils days. down to women's. Every time, women come ever in, empowered every time I come in, you're like, work. Oh, women are too emotional. Women screech, women do this and that. It's men that fought wars over religion for centuries, not women. Exactly. And, and you guys don't recognize anger. What? You recognize anger as much as an emotion as like sadness, then you would realize that men are way more emotional. That's a good point. But hey, Haiti, are you going to disown uh, Joan of Arc at this point? <laughs> like, if like it was. <laughs> are screaming and angry, they're being, you know, they're being a little feminine. Like, they need to be balanced. So they're taking on a woman's role. <laughs> you think uh, when I mean, men get angry, they're I got a question. If we got a female president. Oh, James, hang, hang on. Hang on. Goodness. Man, I don't want to keep putting you down there, but I mean, you've got a knack for just like interrupting at exactly the middle of someone's sentence. Uh, D, I think you're in the middle of talking. 
I just think uh, a woman who is balanced would be a would be a good leader, but she probably wouldn't want that. You have to be a to be a leader of a country. There's a whole different level of um, it's a different it's a different type of energy, and I just feel once a woman takes on that energy and be, plays a masculine role, which is a masculine role because now you're being the head. She she has that. That and emotion, and I don't think that's balanced. I don't think it's balanced. I think it's more balanced for a woman to play a complementary role, a woman to be more of a person to correct if the man is willing to listen. Like, if he's not willing to listen and he just wants to run you know, run amok, then no, he shouldn't be a leader. But a man who's emotional and angry and making decisions like that should not be a leader anyway. So I think there has to be a balance. And the balance is the man should be in the leadership role. He should be the provider. He should be the protector. If you are – I was listening to something on Facebook where it says that if a woman is walking down the street and a man is trying to, like, you know, talk to her, get her number, and she doesn't want to be bothered, what does she say? Oh, I'm married or I have a boyfriend. She she always leans on a man to protect her. You call the police. You call the – you know, these are things we always lean on. You're not out there – being a warrior princess, even though it's on TV, so I just think it's it's not it's not natural for a woman to be in a leadership role where she has to control everything. May I respond? Yeah, Haiti. Well, first of all, there have been a lot of women leaders, some incredibly successful. Um, so I don't know why you think a they don't want to be leaders or b they're not good at it. Um, we've got so many examples today of women heads of state, heads of companies and so on, and they're doing fine. Second of all, the reason women say I have a boyfriend or a husband is because they know that's what's going to make the man back off. Because the man thinks, oh, this person belongs to another man. That's not that's not for me to pursue anymore. She's not she's not looking for the man to protect her. It's just that that's what works. You know, she's saying the thing that will make him leave her alone. And that's that's just because that's, that's how point. men think. That's the point. She's not. She's not saying I have. She's not talking about her her wife at home. She's talking about someone who can protect her, who's cover, who she's covered under. And I'm not talking about a CEO of a business. I, I mean, women can lead those things. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about in a presidential role, in a leadership well, Angela role. Merkel over, did uh, who? Angela I Merkel. I mean, to it's, be fair, look, many people would disagree. Female. Heads of state. There's plenty of women leaders. I don't. I don't know what you mean. Maybe you not as many as men, but that's probably going to. When you say heads of state, yeah, I, I think Haiti. Presidents. I think Haiti has Mac, Margaret Thatcher in mind. I think that's what. A very popular no, and no. successful leader. Like... I'm talking about the woman who's head of uh, New Zealand, I believe. It did a very good job. Oh. Angela Merkel. No, well, look, you might say you don't, you might not like a politician. Yeah, you don't have to like a politician, but she's still a leader. She's still a leader, and she's still leading, you know, competently. She's not, like, crying in the closet or something. She's still doing the job, and she's doing it fine. I I didn't like, can I just finish? I didn't like Margaret Thatcher's politics at all, right? However, she was, she competently, capably led the country. She did the job, right? She wasn't, oh, she's a woman, so she cannot do it. I mean, some think she was like the best prime minister Britain ever had. I don't agree, but a lot of people do. So this okay. idea that women can't lead because they're too emotional is just ridiculous. Uh, I have a, a biblical question for Chris, but yeah, I didn't mean to. 
I guess I it, whatever. Okay, so but to say someone is a leader, like you can't say they're a leader because they're a leader. That's like to say like you know probably a lot of people don't really love Putin right now. But I mean, he's a leader. So same argument. It's like to say, well, oh, well, she's not a leader because she's a woman. She's still a leader. Well, that's like to say, oh, well, Putin's not a leader, but he's a leader. So he's still a leader. Anyway, so that, that's just kind of like whatever. No, what but, I'm uh, saying no, is wait, being wait, female can I, can I is not the thing. Being female is not the thing that makes people right. not like Margaret Thatcher. It's her policies. Just like right, she's but, a Okay, Haiti, you don't like people interrupting you. So the, the person in New Zealand, that ev evoked that reaction from me because specifically, like, the reason half the world does not like this person is because she, like, you know, is on TV talking about her COVID response and how it's not just like, well, look, here's the data, here's the facts, therefore I'm making these policies. It was these emotional appeals, which people would say, I mean, men do it too. Like, I mean, Biden's done it too. He's like, think of my little granddaughter. Think of your little granddaughter. So it's not like men don't do the same crap. But, uh, you know, whenever she's like getting all like emo talking about emotion is anger is an emotion. She's like angry. She tries appealing with uh, with empathy at Chris. There's a lot of noise. She tried one time appealing with empathy and being like, shut. You know, we got to shut down. We have to keep you locked down because think of all your relatives and your aged parents and blah, blah, blah. And then the next time she was very angry. And she's like, we have to shut you down and you will go to prison, blah, blah, blah. So the the, the argument that also I would say men can make too, no one is immune, is if you are led by your emotion, even anger, that's just not good. It's not good when men do it. It's not good when women do it. And you can also have empathy without letting empathy govern your irrational emotional reactions. So if you are emotional, like when people talk about like, you know, mass shooters or mass murders, you get angry, you get emotional. Um, you, you know, you also would get sad for the people who lost their loved, lost their loved ones. But then if your policies don't match your, uh, you know, if your policies unduly match your emotional response, I'm sad. Therefore, let's, I don't know, take away all constitutionally allowed weapons because I'm sad. That would be bad. That would be letting your policy, uh, your emotional response dictate your policy, which would be bad. So if it's like, okay, well, if this is dictated out by the numbers and by the data and blah, blah, blah. Yes, I'm emotional. I'm angry. I'm also sad. But this would be a tempered, correct response based on, you know, other data. That's all. Chris, the Bible question. So someone was typing in chat um, about how Paul hated women. And, you know, we've heard this before. So what would you say? Like, you know, Paul didn't hate women enough or it's totally misunderstanding or go read a book. You're missing context. So you want to talk about that, Chris? Paul did not hate women. I mean, he clearly talks about how valuable women are to his ministry. I mean, if you read the ends, if you just read the last 20 verses of each of his epistles, you're going to see how much he values women. Like, the idea in the, in the scripture is not that women are not ontologically equal. They are. That is made clear um, by Paul, who says there is no Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. He's talking about ontology. Now, economically men and women have different roles to play. And I think this is Dee's argument. And I think that, you know, women can be perfectly capable, perfectly good leaders. I think, like I said, Margaret Thatcher, you know, whatever you think about her policies, she was an excellent leader of Great Britain. Um, you know, there, there, this idea that the Bible somehow treats the ontology of women um, in anything less than complete equality is nonsense. 
Where do you think we get the idea of the equality of women? It is from the scripture. It's literally the first thing to start teaching that. And it was radical in its day. Like, I mean, this, this is nuts. Like, the, the equality of women comes from Paul. Comes from Paul and Jesus, who also had the, the women discovering the empty tomb for, pardon me, first. Just because economic roles of, quote-unquote, church leadership were not assigned to women um, in terms of pastors and deacons doesn't mean that, that Paul and Jesus does not hold women equal. In fact, there is a command that older women teach the younger women, older men teach the younger men. Women absolutely had leadership roles in the church. They had leadership roles in the early church. This was a radical policy at the time. The Romans and the Greeks and everyone else could not understand it. It was scandalous. Paul was the first quote-unquote feminist, if you would want to take it that way. <laughs> hey, Nate, I got a question. What's up? So what about, like, Lady Elizabeth uh, Bathory, which is one of the worst, cruelest women of, of all time? like reveled in having people murdered like that would be an example of like a woman that was a leader that was bad right so like this idea that only you know if if women were in charge they would do it so much better but there's plenty of examples of women being very cruel and bad and slaughtering you know tons of people so just to say well if women were in charge they would do a perfect job but they've never been given a chance but they have did someone say that? No, I'm just saying, um, like, there's plenty of examples of women doing atrocious things when they're in control. Yeah, I mean, no one, no one's immune to any of this. And it's, it's like, you know, there, I mean, there are some things that just, like, can't be ignored as, like, you know, generalities or, like, rules of thumb, right? So, I mean, you know, men have higher bone mass than women. Sorry. That doesn't mean you're not going to find an anomaly of a woman that somehow may have more bone mass than a man uh, because, you know, either his lack of for reasons or her plethora of for reasons. And then if you match them up, it's like, great, but that's the exception, not the rule. So, you know, just like you, you, you know, it, you can apply that to anything, right? So like generally speaking, you will have women who are better nurturers to their kids. That doesn't mean you're not going to find a, a mom, like what was it? Casey Anthony, who like probably murdered her child. And you're going to find a, a man who is better at nurturing. Uh, but those are the exceptions, not the rule. And again, that doesn't mean like across the board, like, you know, men have a, a disposition to not love their kids. It just means usually if you put the equivalent man and woman next to each other and compare them, women are going to, generally speaking, be way better or way more in tune at some things than men and vice versa. So, I mean, that's just how it is. I mean, you know, <laughs> I was going to make a joke, but it would have got me in trouble. Yeah, I don't know. Earlier, I mean, it, seems, it sounds reasonable. Like I, I think we can all agree with that, right? What, Chris? Yeah. Earlier, I was joking, by the way, like about you know women not voting, and so that was, I was like, I, I think right, that, that was a joke. Yeah, like for example, uh, yeah, for example, like the anomaly is like Chris is way better at making sandwiches than his wife. Um, this is one hundred percent true, by the way. I am way yeah, better. Yeah, I'm in trouble. I am I way better at sandwiches and cooking than my wife. Yeah, but then I got in, I, I would get in trouble because I said that's the anomaly. So, I'm sorry, ladies. 
So just to be clear, Chris and Nate are saying, yes, women could be heads of state, women could be CEOs, blah, blah, blah. They can do all that stuff. It's just you don't think they should be pastors and churches, right? Yeah. Okay, because Dee, I think, is saying, no, women are actually no good at being leaders in general, or they don't want to be or something. But you guys don't agree. Well, what I would say is, again, economically, and when I say economically, I don't mean money. I mean, like, in terms of role. Economically, men and women are different. We have different roles. What Dee is talking about is 100% correct and true is that men, if they are going to be real men, need to step up to their responsibilities as men and be the provider and protector for their wives. Is that what you're saying, Dee? Well, I mean, hang on. Let me split the difference before I can be, uh, if you're still speaking, Dee. But I, I mean, I, I, again, I find myself in the middle. I'd say, generally speaking, I agree with Chris, but I also, what I, what I heard of Dee, I wouldn't disagree, uh, but that doesn't mean I don't think women should do stuff. But I, I think, you know, like it's generally understood that men men would be more analytical, right? We want to fix things. I, I mean, you know, every husband and wife ever, right? So it's not like a sexist thing. It's like that, that's typically the conversation you'll find in like husbands and wives. That's the joke in married couples is that, you know, sometimes the wife just wants to vent about their day and how everything sucks. And they get in spats because the husband wants to go point by point and address it and give practical advice on how to fix it. And she gets mad because she's like, what are you doing? Like, I I just want you to shake your head and agree. Like, yes, these people suck. Like, I don't want you to fix it. He's like, well, why would you tell me if you don't want me to fix it? Um, So that's just like the joke, whether someone like agrees or not. I'm not saying anything new, but I I would agree with what Dee said. Um, Doesn't mean I don't want women leaders. Like, you know, I think there are some, uh, you know, like women in Congress who I really admire and women, um, you know, women, um, I don't know, like hosts or anchors or, or whatever um, that I would really admire. And But I think they would be in the in this leadership role of governing and analytics. They would be the exception, not the rule. But as soon as I say that, I know I'm catching would be catching flack. But again, if you line up every single woman and man in history, that's what I mean. Like you're going to find a majority um, who that's not the case. And in men, you're going to find plenty who suck and are weak-willed and are, are so quick to, to you know, be led by, by all these traditionally not manly, masculine, blah, blah, blah things. But, I mean, there is the rule of thumb. So you'll find more men who are geared to a certain way than women, and you'll find more women who are geared to a certain way. So if we get women leaders who are amazing and women congressmen and ships of authority and roles who, who are great in the world history, my position is – that would be the exception, not the rule. So if we can find those people, great. Um, if we can't find those people, and, and you know, you don't know until you know. So like, it's like trial and error. And also, it's like men, right? Like if you put a man who you think fits these characteristics as a good, strong leader, blah blah blah, governed by empirical evidence and data, like what we all want, right? Empirical, empirical evidence. Who's governed by that? And then they get power, and you find out, oh, we've been lied to. That's not how they are at all. Um, Anyway, so I would split the difference between what D and Chris are saying. Hey, Nate, well, I, th- I think Mr. Hey, D, I, I, w- I wanted to see if D wanted to respond because I was oh, sorry, yeah. kind of addressing her. D, do you want to respond? If you're able to speak. Maybe she's not able to speak. Hey, yeah, hey I, Nate, I got a question. I got a question, Nate. Uh, um, uh, hang on, well, Diag was about to say something just to oh, try to be fair. 
Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, I think Mr. Oliver in the audience was one to come up. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Michael. Uh, let me see if I can invite him. So, so a minute ago, you said that men were more analytical, right? That's what, that is what you said? General rules of thumb. Keep, okay. keep in mind, everything in this discussion, I'm hedging incredibly. Okay, so let's pull it back to the first man, Adam, as you would believe it, right? So, so, the ser so in the garden, the serpent approaches Eve, you know, deceives her. She eats the fruit she's not supposed to. And the Bible says, takes it, gives it to Adam, and he eats it. Didn't question, didn't say, hey, you know, God told us not to eat from a particular tree. Where did you get this piece of fruit? Didn't ask her any questions, just ate it like a dumbass. Didn't think about anything, just ate it. This is the more analytical? I mean, uh, well, that's a very stretched interpretation of those well, verses. Well, yeah, that's not accurate, right? Because if you just read the story, like, Adam didn't just say, thanks, chump, chump. They had a discussion, and there there was a dialogue. Is that where you're going, Chris? Am I not being <laughs> biblically accurate? His analysis was wrong, right? Yeah, I, I would like to hear from Haiti. She she had something to respond yeah, to. Yeah, I just wanted to respond. First of all, um, oh, I keep forgetting because Nate talks for so long. I can't remember what he said now. Um, Sorry. It, what was this thing about? Um, some women. Oh yeah, yeah. Just really quickly, you have to control when you look at history. You have to control for a time when women were just not allowed to be leaders. So you can't say, oh well, there weren't a lot of leaders in this time period. Yeah, that's because they weren't allowed to. So, but to be fair, you'd have to start probably in the 20th century when women were given equal rights or or something approximating that. But I just wanted to really talk to Chris, and maybe we can do it later. When you say women and men have different roles economically. Um, are you saying you believe that because it says in the Bible, or do you think there's, you also believe that because like life has shown you that? Because I can argue with you from like you know the secular world, but if you're just saying that's because it says it in the Bible, obviously I'm not going to be able to argue about that because that is what it says in the Bible, right? But I was right. just curious if you thought that reality also bears that. I mean, I think you can see it bear out in reality, but I'm going to claim the truth claim based on the scripture. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go into like cognitive and, right. you know, uh, all the other evidences from a secular point of view, because I just don't know about any of that stuff. Actually, my wife is an expert in that field. She could probably give a, a pretty good conversation about that, but, um, that's what she does for the university. So, well, um, fair enough, fair enough. I can't really yeah. talk to you. I mean, if the Bible says it, the Bible says it, right. I'm not going to argue that, but maybe right. another time we can look at the real world stuff. But I mean, can. Haiti. Look, I would be all for women pastors if the Bible didn't specifically prohibit women pastors. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah. I don't care. Cool. Sure. Whatever. Fine. You know, I just I just see First Timothy 2.12 as, you know, a very binding verse in the verses in Titus and et cetera. And so it's like, OK, well, it says it. I, I mean, at that point, I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm going to go with the deposit of faith as left by the apostles, whether or not I agree with it personally, I'm going to shape my life according to the scripture, not the scripture according to my opinions. Yeah, and I'm never and I mean, got, it's not my fight. It's your it's your guy's fight. I'm not a Christian, you know. That's for Christian women to fight with you about, right? I'm all, my fight is more like when people say, oh, women shouldn't work or oh, women are dependent on men because they're babies and all that kind of stuff. That I'd like to argue, but the pastor thing, it's not my circus, you know, so go... Well, yeah, I mean, I think I agree with a lot of that, but 
there's also a bunch of, you know, what ifs. And, you know, because everyone wants to talk about competency and even the Christians, you know, like Chris and me who believe, you know, you know, the Bible prohibits one from being pastors. It's not because of competency. Like we'll agree that, you know, there are plenty of women who are way more competent than men. It's because the Bible says it. But then it's like, well, is it blind faith? You just believe a book. Nate, you just cut out, dude. Nate? Hello? That's divine providence. Yeah, God didn't like him saying women are just as good as men or something. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, like, I think my wife, for instance, who has a seminary degree, would be a much better pastor than 95% of male pastors. She would be awesome. But my wife would also douse herself with gasoline and set herself on fire before she would become a pastor to a mixed audience because she knows what the Bible teaches. Um, but again, is she super talented? Yes. Is she really intelligent? Yes. Is she extremely, um, you know, qualified? Is she really good at exegeting scripture? Yeah. Um, you know, she, all of those things she is going to start she we're very busy people but she's going to start teaching a women's bible study soon for our whole church and the the you know we're talking a church of 6000 people so there's about 2800 women um you know there's some children in there too but she she's going to be teaching you know young adult to older women and she's going to be doing a whole class for many months so will she be really good at that yeah I mean, she's taught thousands of students at university. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Does that give you a different perspective? I, you know, like. All right. I mean, it doesn't make sense to me, but I, you know, that's fine. I don't expect. That's an interesting nuance, though. Would that so? Does that mean that a woman could teach at like a seminary, or like could she have a Bible commentary published, even if she wasn't being a pastor? Like, what kind of scriptural authority does that include besides pastoralship? Yeah, I mean, uh, women can absolutely write, and many do. In fact, one of my favorite authors is Rosaria Butterfield. Um, she is a former um, women's studies PhD professor and lesbian who um, became a Christian and put all of that aside. And she is now a conservative Presbyterian Christian who writes on LGBT issues in the church. She's a fascinating voice and I enjoy reading her books. In fact, she just published a new book like last week. It's really good. I haven't, I, from what I understand, I haven't read it yet. I don't have it yet because it's not, it's only been released to you know how they do pre-releases of books. So people that I enjoy listening to have read this new Rosaria Butterfield book and said it's awesome. So I am looking forward to reading a female write on theological issues. And she's going to teach you, right? Well, again, this is within a church setting. So women can teach outside of a church setting as well. So we have women missionaries, we have, you know, Lottie Moon and all kinds of things that are outside of a church setting. And we see examples of this in the New Testament where women are teaching men the gospel, um, you know, before it's in a church setting. The, the prohibition that Paul has is specifically offices that are pastors and teaching mixed audiences within the purview of the church gathering. 
that is the prohibition. It is not that women can't teach at all. It is not that um, women can't teach to a mixed audience. It's just that women can't teach to a mixed audience within the purview of a church. I got to jump in real quick. Chris, I got to go into the bank. I modded you uh, because I'm not going to be here for a moment. So I don't know what happened to Nate. So I had to give somebody power. It's a Calvinist coup. It is the oh, Calvinist hey. coup. Where's all of our friends? Let me get Brian Dempsey in here. Get him up. Take get a... him up. Where's staff? Did you get um, silence there again? Yes, we have oppressed predestined to be off on Monday. Yeah, we have oppressed her to the point where she is now reduced to a pile of tears in the corner. <laughs> apparently. And this and I hope somebody clips this and plays it for her because that would be glorious. So, yeah, I mean, does that does that add nuance, Haiti? I mean, again, like no, like, like I said, I don't look. If you wanna, if you wanna like press the women in your church, that's their fault for being Christians. You know, I don't care about that. I care about how women are treated in the greatest society, not how they're treated in your little club. Sure, and and my argument would be that Western civilization um, has developed in such a way as to foster respect for women um, because of Christianity, not in spite of it. And I mean, that's a very long slog through history, but we could do it. I think that would be a really interesting discussion to have. Because I think a lot of atheists might say, either in spite of or, you know, while they were kicking and screaming. Mm -hmm. But I would completely agree with you. Would I rather live in America or Europe than like other parts of the world? Absolutely. And anyone who denies that is just an idiot. Yeah, I mean, would you, you know, if we shipped you and your family off to... um you know, Afghanistan, do you think that'd be good for everybody? Absolutely not. I'd like to ship all the women <laughs> from Afghanistan here. That's yeah, I think they would appreciate it. So, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, and, and that, that being the case, like, I mean, I, I would have to prepare for that, Haiti, but maybe we could do that in a few weeks. There's a lot of stuff I got to prepare for because people want me to talk on a lot of different topics, but um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. That'd be really interesting. Um, cause yeah, I think there be were fun. definitely arguments on both sides on that. Um, you know, sure. and it's, 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 and it's a claim that's often made and, you know, needs to be defended, but I think it's a really interesting comp. Be fun to, to hear. What was that, Kayla? I just said that'd be fun to listen to. Although I did have a follow up to that is how does, how then does that kind of authority work with like some prophetesses? Granted, I know there's not very many in the Bible, but, you have Deborah in the Old Testament. I think in the New Testament you have Anna, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. likely too. So would they have been able to like hold authority, quote unquote, not in a pastoral way, but in terms of like, here's my message from God that I'm going to give you kind of authoritative. Um, like how, how does that distinction work? Right. So interestingly enough, in the early church, we're talking real early, like the 120s, we have evidence from the church fathers in their writings, just kind of matter of fact, they're not doing an apologetic about it, but they're talking about how women would get up in the assembly if they were literate, because remember, a lot more women in the Roman Empire were literate than men. Um, which is kind of an odd thing historically, right? But there's reasons for that. But anyway, 
Um, so women would get up and read the letters of the apostles in the early church. Now that wasn't considered teaching because all they're doing is reading. They're not, they're not talking about it. They're just reading the scripture. Um, prophetesses would be the same way in the new Testament before the closing of the canon. Um, prophets and prophetesses were gifts given to the church to elucidate the teachings of the apostles as directly given from God. It wasn't like Haiti is going to break her toe next week, but it's great because um, otherwise she would have run out of the house into the street and been hit by a car, you know, or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So like, there's not, it's not specific personal prophecy to people. It was the words of God to that particular congregation at a time when the word of God was unavailable to them. And so prophets and prophetesses would speak in services, elucidating the exact words of God. Now this would not be considered teaching because they're just reciting what God is, you know, putting into their mouths as prophets and prophetesses. Um, so yeah, we wouldn't have a problem with that. What we would say is that when somebody takes the word of God and expounds upon it with exegesis, um, without just straight up reading it, that is now teaching. And that is what the prohibition is about. So it's interpreted as of like how they're, they're exegeting it versus Correct. just reciting Yep. hundred percent. By the way, yeah. sorry, you missed me. I heard you talking, but I got a call. So yeah, you just disappeared. It was weird. Yeah. Let me try to be quick. So I was just trying to say that there are, you know, as far as Adam and Eve and stuff like that, you know, you could say he was analytical and, you know, he, I mean, that mean you always come to the right answer. It just means he considered there was a conversation. So it wasn't just like sweet fruit, chomp, chomp. So there was a conversation about like, you know, being like God and stuff like that. So there was more to it than just blindly eating what she threw at him. Um, also, he could have been the exception, not the rule. Um, and also, when the Bible you know, prohibits women from being pastors, it's not competency. It could be as much as the spiritual, like a spiritual reason, which, Haiti, you would disagree with because you don't think the spiritual stuff exists. Um, but there could be something like, it's just a test. It's something completely arbitrary and asinine. I mean, the Bible says it's not. But even you know, from your point of view, it could be something just arbitrary, like, oh, why women are not men? They can be equally competent and capable, blah, blah, blah. Maybe it's a test from God that he just wants to see if we're going to follow a rule just for the sake of following it because, you know, God. Um, I don't believe that. The Bible doesn't say that. But just saying to something that that could just throw something else in the mix. Um, so there could also be a different spiritual reason attached to it. Like maybe there's a spiritual blessing or a spiritual, I don't know, something for having faith in God. Um, and then I think that's it. So it's not to talk too long, but, uh, Chris, are we going to have a hurricane party? I mean, we can, if you decide to flee Tampa and come to Orlando, I can put you up in the family. If things get super dicey, is that, is that legit an option? And also, are you going to put us up in the one that had like, you know, black mold or whatever you were dealing with a while ago? <laughs> yes. I would put you up in the black mold house. Um, no, so um, I, I have two units available in our rental property, um, and so, well, not ours, my father-in-law's rental property, so it would be two rooms available, one for you and your wife, and how many kids you got, three? Two. Two. So yeah, it would, it would work for you guys. Wait, so. do, my, do my cat children count? I mean, no, you have to leave your cats to die. Of course you can bring your cats, are you joking? Oh, and dog. Oh, and dog. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, you got you got a parrot and a parakeet, and you got the rest of Noah's Ark with you. You got some <laughs> velociraptors you want to bring with you. Hey, if it's up to us to like you know repopulate the earth with animals, like it, everything is gonna evolve from a cat and a dog. Um, Cats wreck your house. If you have cats, oh, I meant to tell you, just scratch them and mess them up. Cats are really bad at houses. Well, you may think I'm a monster here in a second, but um, oh, no. uh, before oh, no. that, I was going to say one more point on the on the women and men thing. I mean, as if to drive this home, um, you know, women have like, a, you would say evolution, so you should like this point, Haiti. But like, you know, women have a, a are like woken up easier by like high pitch, like, you know, shrill, shrill noises, a higher register for like, you know, you would say evolution because they're, they're more in tune uh, to wake up to the cries of babies or something like that, whereas men would not be. It would be more like, you know, a low rumbling register as if like horses and chariots were coming to wage war. Like that would get them to wake up more. So anyway, That's there's just some things like no one can. Well, That's a president a should point. be able to wake up middle of the night and be competent, right? And uh, yeah, my husband would sleep through anything, um, but it's the woman who's going to be like, what, what, I'm awake, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> well, for for babies, not the not oh, the horses. Just babies. Oh, okay, yeah, that that. that well, that, well no, I'm, no, no, no. I'm right. saying at a As higher register. women, we can train these babies and these future men to be great. So that's why we have that superpower. We can train them when they're younger. All these terrible men are due to women who weren't doing their jobs. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Oh, you blaming <laughs> women for the bad behavior of men? That's interesting. Or the government for creating I definitely, I, I definitely do blame uh, mothers for raising poor sons what about and poor daughters. Yeah. Do they have a role? It's the, it's, the mom, it's the mom's it's the mom's responsibility to raise these kids. Like even with my daughters, I even though their dad is the ultimate authority, I'm dealing with the everyday emotion of making sure that they're not being too emotional and using logic and keeping a balance. I don't expect their dad to do that. But if I train my son to be that way, then when he gets older, he can be a better guy and be able to do that for his family. But because women have failed at that, that's why we're in this situation we are in now. Terrible men. If the man's because the responsibility, then if he's, if he's ultimately responsible, then I think he should take that uh, responsibility. If he's like ultimately in charge, then it's actually on him. Well, there's a micromanager and there and there's a macro manager. He's the mic he's the macro and women, we are the micro managers. So we make sure that the everyday things for our for our children are being provided for them. Because at the end of the day, the children we raise are a reflection of how we how we see life. Well, My girls like don't look for their fathers for emotional guidance. They look to to me. So the buck stops with that. the manager. If his underlings are not doing their job, that's on him too. Um, that is true. I definitely agree with that. So you're not going to get no argument with me. But if he tells the if he tells the woman, "Hey, your kids are out of control. Get them together," then that's when she should step in and do a job. Yeah, but he can't make that happen. But stops with him. Welcome, Steph. Little late to the party, bro. He's ultimately in charge. He's ultimately to. Right. He probably should blame for picking a bad woman. <laughs> we bridge the gap. So what Haiti is talking about is something called extreme ownership. So, and I would agree with her that if a husband is not leading his home in the correct way, then there is only so much his wife can do to correct for that situation. 
Um, I, I mean, I don't think that anyone would say that a derelict husband in a marriage and family is not going to determine poor outcomes for that family. I mean, you can overcome a lot of stuff and there are some very strong godly women who do so, but it doesn't negate all of the damage that a derelict husband and, and father can do. I definitely, I'm not disagreeing with that. I feel like overall is the men's responsibility to cover the family. So good outcome, bad outcome, it still falls on the man. But as a woman who is intricate in raising these children, if you raise a racist, it's because that's who you are as a mom. Like you have to do better. Like we have, so our hands are on these kids every day. Um, there are very active fathers, but the mother is who's planting the seeds in the children. So these children should be more so a reflection of you and their leadership should be a reflection of their father. So their emotional intelligence should be based off their mother. And then the dad's guidance should be able to direct that child to be better. So that's what I'm saying. Everybody has a job, everybody has a duty. And you know, we're, we're, we're in an experiment. I'll let you know if this works out successfully, but you know, I'm, I'm kind of in that role. Like, you know, I work from home. So, you know, I'm, I'm always, always here. So. Uh, as a result, I've, I've always been my child's primary caregiver. Um, you know, before they were in school, I'm doing everything from home. You know, my wife works in the medical field. And she's like out and about. Um, so so I am, <laughs> you know, the kid's primary caregiver. So as far as emotional IQ or emotional intelligence or whatever you said, uh, you know, God help this world. Um, so we will see how, how a dad does being the primary nurturer because um, that's just how it is. So um, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I mean, it's not like I'm in a completely traditional thing where I'm like, yes, I will go out and, you know, farm uh, things and work out in the field. I mean, you know, I work from a pretty comfy office and a computer, um, but I do that from home. So it's not like I'm like, no, woman, you are responsible for cooking. You uh, do not work. You do not leave the house. Here's a chain. Put this on your ankle. Um, so, so, I mean, it's not like I have, even though I, I have this traditional kind of mindset, um, you know, that, that's like saying... I don't know if you try to say that means like guys can't cook or women have to garden, but they can't mow the lawn or a guy can't have a green thumb and raise some tulips or something like that. Um, that's not the right way to address it. That's like, that's like superficial stuff. When it goes back to what we're, we're really talking about is like the, the God given roles as like, you know, what men should do and what women should do that doesn't carry over to like, well, guys can't cook or women can't mow, mow a yard or something like that. Um, anyway, so we will see. <laughs> I don't know. I I wasn't talking about that. I'm just saying, yeah, 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 I I know you weren't talking about that. I was just trying to make the point that, you know, I'm, I'm not in the most uh, traditional arrangement either. So like, we'll see. I mean, I can already see like on one, I can see compared to all the other kids. And I know every parent's going to say this, right? So like, there's no way to, to not be, be biased, but I mean, you know, I, I would not want any other kid I've seen as far as, you know, discipline, personality, whimsy, you know, than my own kid. And this is like where it's like, oh yeah, well me either, me either. But I mean, seriously, like being as unbiased as I possibly can muster, like there may be like one or two kids I've met who are are more like well-behaved and disciplined than my kids. Like just when we, when we are out in public and when we're in the community, when we're at school, when we're at the, the clubhouse at the pool, like just hanging out with other people, socializing, like the amount of times like, you know, I, I'm there as a guy and there may be a couple other guys, but it's usually predominantly women. And like when, whenever we're at the park and stuff like that, 
I mean, it's not so much now because my kids are getting older, but th their whole lives, it's like, we'll be there. And I just got in the habit. I'm like, all right, kids, let's go. Time to go. And they're like, yay, daddy, we, because they were just raised that way. So they were raised like they don't, they don't even know about arguing and questioning. Um, I, I mean, not to say they don't, they do, but I mean, you know, to that level, it's like when, when dad says go, we go and we're happy. And this is just how life looks for us versus whenever I'm like, uh, you know, someone else is trying to leave the pool or leave the park and you know, the, the moms, and this isn't all moms, there's some good disciplinarian moms, but the ones I've experienced, the overwhelming majority it's like five more minutes. Okay. I'm not telling you again, Tanner or Tucker. It's always some ridiculous name like that, but they're like, I'm not telling you again. Like, come on, this means now you get in the car. You're not going to get your iPad tonight. It's like, I don't care about my iPad. I hate you. And this would be like, I don't know, six or seven year olds. And they're like, you don't talk to mommy like that. And they're like, you can't tell me what to do. And she's like, when we get home, I'm going to put, I'm going to like put something else away. Or you're going to time out. And it's just like defiance. And the mom's like almost in tears and they don't know how to act. I'm like, I'm just staring at him. And, you know, I just try to like be polite. And not, it's not my business. I just try to smile and nod. And then if, if we have to go during this chaos, um, I'm just like, all right, kids, let's go. And they just like immediately jump up and, you know, run to the car or whatever and um, leave these women still arguing with, you know, five more minutes. And I'm not perfect. They're probably not awful, but I don't know. You just, you just see this stuff. Mm, maybe men should be the primary uh, caretakers then if they're so much better at Man, I don't know. I mean, I would, I would really like to give it a shot. Like, there's a lot of things that I don't, I don't know if I'd overcommit to. But I mean, I would really like to, to give it a shot. Um, like, if they're like, "Hey, I see, you know, your children aren't like throwing themselves on the ground and screaming and crying and saying they hate you." I mean, you know, I've got two girls, so that could very well happen at like 15. But um, um, I'm like, you know, I, I would, I would love to, to give this a shot. Okay, I just want Nate. I mean, Nate's going on record saying men are better at uh, raising children than women. I am not saying that. <laughs> well, no, no. Okay. Wait, case in point. Okay. My, my goodness. I hope my, my community is not listening to this. Um, so I have a direct neighbor who we're friends probably until right now. Um, you know, we're friends with and the mom and dad both like, you know, he's like a, a highly successful person in his field and, you know, he, he does work a lot and stuff like that. So I get it. Like that's, that's more of a traditional role. The, the wife doesn't work. He totally works tons. Uh, but whenever we're together and our kids are together, which is, is not that often because, you know, his kid's a little demon. Um, so I, I don't want that to rub off on my kids, but occasionally we're neighbors. So we'll go over to their house and hang out. Well, this kid is like, like, I, I don't believe there's any medical, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I mean, you know, it doesn't seem like there's any medical reason for this. He's just very, very hyper energetic, rambunctious, like traditionally what you would think, you know, like little boys are like running around just screaming and playing and stuff like that. So anyway, this kid is insane. Like he's always like just doing something that the parents are like, are like pleading with him to stop, like doing something dangerous, climbing up on stuff, like trying to jump off high rocks or basically just any, anything you could do where a normal person would be like, okay, stop that. I don't want you to do that. He'll keep doing it. And it's like, all they do is continue like exasperating themselves. So it's like, stop doing that. Stop doing that. I'm not telling you again, stop doing that. The mom and the dad. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I'm just trying to like, you know, get through the day. And then occasionally the kid will come up and like do something to mess with me. And, you know, I try to make sure mommy and dad aren't watching, but I'll just, I'll just like uh, the other day, like we were in the pool and this kid like comes up and does like a cannonball right next to me. And, you know, I've got like an 80 year old soul, like what where, where other compatriots of mine would be like, Oh, it's just kids having fun. Oh, that's so cute and innocent. And I'm like, no, it's not get, get away from the adults. Um, I'm like an 80 year old anyway. 
So he does a cannonball right next to me and I ignore it. And then he like comes up and does another cannonball and I turn and look at him and you know, I'm, I'm not reacting. And he like kind of splashes me. I'm like, don't do that. <laughs> like I didn't scream. I just I did a quick check to make sure his parents weren't watching me. But I'm just like, don't do that. And um, you know, he didn't do it. So then he went on back to his parents and making them scream and yell. Anyway, there's no point to what I'm saying. I'm rambling. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. Uh, Nate, this is Cass. I, I just want to say, whatever you were having, I want to order the same thing. Because that energy thing, this Monday morning, is amazing. I don't know where you get all of that ball of energy, but that's pretty cool. No, Cass. Now we're going to get a lecture about his weird vegan diet. Yes, because he's a vegan. <laughs> It's, a, it's his vegan mixed with meth. So I don't think you want any part of it. It is Florida, man. <laughs> Seriously. Uh. Okay, you guys know him way better than I do. <laughs> what if his secret was alligator urine? What if that was the secret? The funniest thing about Nate is that he's a vegan. I'll just say I'm high on life. How about that? Uh, no, I don't know. I just get passionate about stuff, right? Like maybe I was that little kid. Like I, I, maybe I was a little kid that was like running around screaming and being crazy and rambunctious. And they're like, oh my gosh, where is this energy from? But, you know, thank God I had, you know, parents that, that raised me decently enough that now I, you know, like to think I'm a reasonably well-adjusted person in society. And, you know, I, I just talk. And when my energy and passion comes out, it's on, you know, Religious and political points. <laughs> and I'm not like, you know, running down the road chasing alligators. I, I don't know. You have two daughters. That'll keep I you do. on your toes. That'll keep you on your toes. Yep. I don't know, man. I keep I keep thinking like I'm, I'm totally writing a book and I, I can see it in the future as long as I can get them both to like 18 successfully. I'm writing a book saying I saw parenting. But I can't do that yet because, you know, we've still got some years ahead. So who, so seriously. Uh, Steph, can you wait until these kids are teenagers? Is this going to be the most glorious moments of our life? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, though, is that, Nate, have either of your daughters ever looked you in the eye and picked up a dried worm off the sidewalk and eaten it? No. No. Nate, have either of your daughters ever shimmied up to the top of a curtain and swung from the ceiling, you know, the curtain rod and like Are laughed you at you? Ser- Has this happened have to either, you? Have either of your daughters ever like undone their diaper and worn it like a hat with the contents still inside? So I would kidding. like to read your book if any of your children are born with those pre-existing conditions. Okay, so I will say this. Because I, I know you have like some di- diagnosis and stuff or something. I don't know which kid or what, but I, I think you, it was you that said you have some diagnosable stuff. I, I not nothing to do with that. Like I'm not even touching that. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Not medical. Nothing. Nothing at all. But as far as like what what we would consider undo- like n- no diagnosis. Like you know they're traditionally just like any any other kid. Like under the normal traditional understanding, it's a disciplinary issue, not any like medical sort of issue. Um, because I'm not touching that, then I would say I, I would love to take some cracks at the uh, traditional discipline side of things. So, so I mean, if if any of that plays into it, um, fine. But you know, like for example, the kid who ate glue in my class. As far as we know, there was no 
diagnosable diagnosable medical issue with him, yet st he still ate paste either to get attention or for whatever reason. I still remember that in first grade. Like if I was his parent, I, I would welcome that challenge. <laughs> um, but if it's like for a medical reason or they, they don't know what they're doing, uh, no, that's someone else's book. Two of those things that I listed were behaviors of my son with his diagnosis. And one of them was my completely typically developing daughter. My point is sometimes children are born with a feral streak. Okay, you sound like you have particularly naturally civilized children and the parenting has been going well. Uh, but when one of them, if one of them had ever tried to wear their diaper as a hat, I'd be much more interested in yeah, the, so there, the is, there is a difference. Again, this is this is something you'll see in a lot of different writing, right? So especially like old school James Dobson, strong-willed children versus compliant children. So my my uh, sister-in-law, who is the Korean tiger mom, right? So she is she is Korean. She's married to my wife's brother. Um, her first two kids were extremely compliant, and she's like, and she would look at, and so her peer was our kid, JC who you guys have talked to JC, you know, this is not, this is a very strong willed child. Right. And so, and uh, especially Steph. Right. So, um, so she looked at JC and was like, why can you people not get it together with this kid? And then she had her daughter who turned out to be an extremely strong willed child, sweet little Olivia, who is, cute as a button and is ready to destroy anything in her path at any time. Now, Korean Tiger Mom has brought her mostly to heal, but she went to my wife. This is my, my sister-in-law. She went to my wife in her best English and apologized to her for thinking less of her as a mother because she finally had a strong-willed child and she understood the struggle. So, Here's the thing, and sure, I, I agree with your point, strong-willed children. But then here's the thing no one, I don't think, can prove. Why are they what we would call strong-willed children? Is that because, you know, the Bible is accurate, and you can extrapolate, you know, the, the iniquities of the Father, and, you know, we'll visit down, blah, blah, blah. Like we talk about predispositions to alcoholism and, and you know, addiction things. Can we extrapolate something like a strong-willed child is because, you know, their parents, 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 somehow in the line became they were just always extremely strong-willed or you know is it, it was other reasons why they were incredibly strong-willed or whatever and that was passed down through the dna to the children's children's children and there's a genetic component to that sure probably that makes sense like you know we, we're, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree so it could be that and that's no one's fault that's just the predisposition that's how it is but there's yeah. also <laughs> in, in there, but there's all but yeah, i know right but there's also the other side, which is how much of that is you have a pretty a pretty neutral child, or even if you have a child predisposed to strong-willed, or if you have a complete, you know, uh, weak-willed child that will go with the flow. Um, so I mean, no matter what, how much of that is also environmental and how they're raised? I, I'm not. I'm not. Believe me, I know I'm incurring a great karmic wrath by by suggesting like you know I I have a certain way. I, I mean, I'm just saying I'm not perfect. There's plenty of failings and not even me. Let's take me off. I don't care. My family is not part of this. But I mean, if, if you start with someone, just how they're raised, like if they eat a bug and I think we we're conflating like the bugs and the diaper on their head. Um, if they do that, that doesn't have anything to do with strong will, right? Unless you tell them no and then you see their strong will and they're no, I'm going to keep doing it. So, I mean, if 
you get what I'm saying, right? So on one hand, you have a pre, you could have a predisposition to where someone is just born into this world going to be strong-willed. But then I think that also goes with how they're raised. So does someone do something that's neutral to that and it allows them to keep escalating and escalating and escalating? Or does someone from like day one just start gearing them towards that way where they don't realize escalation is an option? So you take a passive person and keep them that way or maybe even get them more strong will because they're too passive. Or you take someone that's neutral and you know keep them relatively neutral and reasonable. Or you take someone who's strong-willed and temper that and keep them at a neutral level or, you know, it's an, it just goes haywire and, you know, they are predisposed to being strong-willed and they stay strong-willed despite anyone's best efforts. So all of these are options. So I, I just want everyone to consider that, not saying, well, if someone's a strong-willed child, they're always a strong-willed child. That could be. But I think those cases are, are fewer and farther between than not. Yeah, I mean, so, so Steph, pro tip for you, great book. And I know parenting books are a dime a dozen, but this one, this was our survival guide from five until 12. Okay. Now he's a teenager, so it's a different survival guide, but it was, it was a book called, You Can't Make Me, But I Can Be Persuaded. It's very good. Thank you. Well, see, Steph, if she was really strong-willed still, she would, uh, she was at her parents' house and got scolded for being on Clubhouse. She would say, you can't tell me what to do. I'm 18. But she's not going to do that. She's going to forsake us and leave us because her parents have subdued her strong-willed nature. Oh, it's Chris, my husband. Respect yeah, daughter. I want that book. Yes, it's called I, You Can't Make Me, But I Can Be Persuaded. And so with JC, again, he'd be totally embarrassed if he knew I was talking about him like this, but that's our job as parents is to embarrass our kids. So um, with JC, he, we needed a new strategy like every two weeks to keep him under control in the classroom because, you know, he would get bored. And when he gets bored, he's going to start making jokes and he's going to start making, he's going to be the class clown. And, you know, we just needed a new strategy every couple of weeks. And it's exhausting and galling, but you can persuade the kid. Now he's turning out to be a great kid. He's like 13, but he has his moments. Just this morning, I woke him up. He had to go to school. It was the very last minute. He was—he just had gotten his pants on 30 seconds before having to get into the car. And he got real mad at me because I was like, dude, you've got to get up. And he shoved me, which is very out of character for him. Oh. And, I was, and I was like, bro, what? And he's like, you know, he stormed out of the house. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, I get a phone call from my wife. And I can hear him whimpering in the background and crying in repentance because he was, like, very upset that he had lost his temper and shoved me. But I didn't have to say a word. Like, he just, he was like, you know, can you please forgive me for, you know, getting angry and, and losing my temper and da 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 da, da. You know, that was the response that I wanted. Obviously, I didn't want him to lose his temper and shove me. But at the same time, the correction was just simply he was repentant and knew that he had done something deeply wrong. Um, yeah, my bad, Steph. I, I didn't mean to ridicule you there for being strong-willed. Yes, uh, your husband's uh, behest. Uh, you know, congratulations. You're, you're following a, I guess, normal, civilized, and biblical approach, and, you know, just 
getting off Clubhouse. Oh, no, I'm Even not. I'm still here. I'm you're totally forsaking us. i uh, listen from the audience while I take a shower because I'm bad. Rebellious woman. Wow, I just tried to throw you like a, a biblical olive branch and be like, oh, you're following biblical precedent. You're submitting to your husband and being respectful. <laughs> and now you're like, nope, you're climbing up the curtains. He's going to have to like pull you out of the curtains. Yep. Um, hey, hey, I mean, if you come out wearing a diaper on your head. <laughs> yeah. Hey, before okay. you leave, do you, want, do you want to throw me to the audience just, you know, just for fun? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> All right, see y'all. Um, let's see. Can I bring you back up here? Uh, yeah. So, anyways, I I'm fully aware like this can turn incredibly bad, but so far my experience has been good, and I'm I'm pleased as a as a father when you know I, I see the interaction with my kids and others, and it doesn't mean everything's perfect. Like I, there's plenty of not perfect things where I'm like, how can I improve? How can I do this better? Where have I gone wrong? But uh, so we're not comparing this on a scale of, you know, my kids to Jesus. We're comparing it on the other little hellions in the neighborhood. Um, but yeah, like all the times they're like, daddy, I'll love you forever. I'll never say anything mean to you. And then like, you know, there's like one of my neighbors or whatever. is like, you got to watch out for them when they're, you know, a teenager, blah, blah, blah. Like it's coming. Like, you know, ours tells us she, she hates us and slams the door in her face and says she wants us to die. I'm like, wow. I'm like, uh, you know, little kids, you're, you're not going to say anything like that's me, are you? They're like, no, we're never going to say that. I'm like, okay, I'm recording this, so when you totally say that, I can play it back to you. So it, it is not lost on me. That's why I'm, I'm very, very hesitant um, on, on making, you know, such proclamations. Like, the goal was 18. If somehow, miraculously, we get there and it's reasonably successful, that's when I'll breathe a sigh of, of relief. So I, I understand that typically boys, um, you know, are easier – they're harder at first and easier as they age and girls are a little easier at first and harder as they get older. So, uh, yeah, it is not lost on me. So I, I'm not trying to tempt fate, but that's, that's what's going on. <laughs> Cass, how about you? Do you have, do you have kids or younger? Uh, yeah. I, 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 there was something that D mentioned just as soon as I like joined the room and she was talking about the mother role and the father role. And I think we have to be cautious and careful to where we are in our atmosphere and our circumstance. I believe that there are certain mother roles that can be incredibly important in your life. But at the highest, I believe that the father is the one that's going to uh, develop your character to bring you to who and where you need to be in life and your, um, for let's just say working atmosphere. And especially because we normally think that the father is one who works. He'll be the one that who doesn't, doesn't say much about, um, anything that's going wrong in your life. Not, he's not going to judge. He's just paying the bills, but you need that father figure in your life. So if we can kind of move our minds to where I'm thinking here on the Christian perspective, uh, I do believe what Dee was saying is you do need that mother figure, but the, the father one is the one that's most critical, most critical to your life. I hope that makes sense. Yep. It does. And I... No, no, I was just saying, I, I, 
am washing a teapot, so I, I can't mute. So if you want to talk for a minute, go ahead, Chris, please. Oh, I just I was just going to say, like, it's the father's job to be the spiritual leader in that household. And I think that's what Dee was trying to get at, was that the father's responsibility is to lead that family and cover that family, um, which is exactly what she was talking about. Um, and I think that, you know, in the times where I have failed my family, it is when I am not being that leader. And in the times where we have had really triumphant moments in, in the family is when I have uh, been faithful to taking up that mantle and making sure to, to lead. Um, so that's, you're right, it is totally key. When I am, you know, taking my kid through, you know, how to read the Bible and teaching him, you know, living by the book and, you know, and now he's taking that and he's teaching his friends at school as a peer. That's really cool. Um, when he is, you know, waking up in the morning and super angry because I've woken him out of his slumber because he didn't go to bed on time last night, you know, that's, that's not a great moment. You know, so it's, so it's always a mixed bag with parenthood and, I think that our failings are directly as a result of our, our children's failings rather are a direct result of our failings. Yeah, and that's, that's the, um, that's the, the repeat that we don't want to make. So how do we get better? Right, Chris? Sure, yeah. How do we get better? Yeah, yeah. how do we get we, we, we internalize the word of God is how we get better. You know, the, the more that we, you know, are internalizing the word of God and the more that we are in an attitude of prayer, um, you know, which is absolutely necessary for parenting, especially for Nate's upcoming adventure with two teenage girls. Um, Nate, how many bathrooms you got? Yeah, I hope you have three. No? Okay. He's still washing a teapot, but yeah, yeah. If this is if this isn't loud, I can I can answer. I am washing a teapot. Do you, do you have at least three bathrooms? I have two. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> enjoy the teenagers. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, <laughs> that's a lot of coffee, things, guess, dude. That's a lot of coffee. Yeah. Oh, did you hear right. that? It's, I got two. Yeah, you're. Oh, I thought you said coffee. Splashing. So uh, I am. Uh, I gotta drop a computer off to a client, um, but uh, I'll be back in a minute. All right, I am done washing this thing. Anyway, so what's up, Cass? I have we uh, have we talked before? I, you seem maybe familiar. I I don't believe that we've actually met in a room before, unless we have. It was by just a passing. So then this perhaps was not. Just, yeah, no, they just literally Clubhouse said, here's here's this room. Like I went I went into the hallway, which by the way, everyone complains about the hallway because they said when everyone went to houses, they complained because they're like, I only want to see where I want to go. And then they changed it to houses and then the hallway algorithm changed. This room popped up right on top of my feed. I said, Ah, I'll go in here because you know, Christians. Why not? Let's have a discussion. So maybe we have spoke before in a room, or maybe Clubhouse said, you need to go into this room. 
Or Clubhouse is like, Cass has been bad. We're going to punish her. Here, give her this one. <laughs> Spank me. That's a different book. You'll talk to Steph about that one. <laughs> so what, uh, Christian, what Christian discussion did you plan on having when you, when you joined in here? What would you like to have? Well, you said we have the answers. That's the I did the say that. You, you think I should change that right now? Like, I don't know. We may have mm -hmm. some advice. We definitely don't have answers. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I, I think we, I mean, you know, the point is <laughs> Christians have answers. The Bible, Jesus is the answer. That's, that's the point. Yeah. Yeah. So what's up? What's the question? Uh, the question is, how long have you been married? What church do you go to? And what is the denomination? I've been married 15 years. I go to a, you said, what church do I go to and what's the denomination? Uh, same answer, non-denominational. Um, it has like a Pentecostal uh, kind of background, but it's it's non-denominational. Like no one would know that unless they stuck around for a while. So yeah, um, 15 years and non-denominational. And do you believe in... What what is the what is what is the biggest question that you have actually in your faith that challenges your mind? That's an amazing question. Wow. And I'm not going to have a good answer. Um, I mean, it would have to be something about like the I don't know the the, the biggest question I could think of, of um, you know, like on a on a cosmic eternal like massive like space type scale, right? Because if I have one question, and what's the biggest one? it's going to go to something like that or something about eternity. So ab about spirituality, I would have to think like, you know, wh why did God make anything? Like, you know, I, I do believe in a God. So, you know, why, why is it so difficult for other people to s grasp what, you know, all of us, you know, Christians see as just so obvious and easy, but then I, I'd end up getting to a point where, you know, why couldn't, why couldn't Jesus just show up here on earth and just continue living throughout all history and just like let people prove that he is God and no one can dispute it. Um, but then I'm like, okay, well I'm corrected because that happened in the Bible and they called him the devil. They said he was doing these things by the power. Um, so they couldn't deny what was happening. So that wouldn't work. So then I would think, well, why would you have to create humans and matter in this material world anyway why couldn't you just make us all automatically as angels and then we could avoid all this human pain and suffering. But then I reduce that further. I'm almost done. I think, um, into, well, that happened before humans and you have Satan who rebelled with a third of heaven. So that also wouldn't work. So I guess the biggest question is why couldn't you just skip to the end and the end would be just, just ever existing. So like the moment God existed, which is infinitely regressing. Why didn't he automatically make us created in heaven just how we believe the end will be with no opportunity or no sin? Why didn't he do that at the time he existed, which is infinitely regressing forever? That, that I think would be my question. <clears throat> May I translate with you? <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, the, Yes. So here's the, 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 the thing with faith is if you are a, if you're a kid who loves to play 
and someone gives you a bunch of blocks and they say build them up but these blocks don't fit into certain you know you know like you can't really fit them into that and <laughs> that's that's a that's a that's kids playing but at the same time when it comes to the faith and the church is how do we you know what I'm just gonna stop there. I got you. I totally get you, Nate. So um it's disturbing, I understand. I mean if anyone wants to know what the mind of Nate looks like, there you go. Um <laughs> so that you're welcome for the nightmares. I, I mean I, I started out I was just gonna, you know, say something about like Jesus, why couldn't he forever exist? But I mean, you know, you want to constantly reduce that down, which goes back to our other conversation about how, you know, certain people Usually they'll say men are, are more analytical. Doesn't mean all of them are. Some, some of them are boneheads. But I mean, that, that's kind of how I process things. Like I always want the lowest common denominator. What's the simplest? What's the most meaningful? So, I mean, you know, if anyone wants to know how I reason things, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's a good question, though. Like I... I mean, what would you say? Would you say something similar or what? I, I would say it's very important to what you said was we're, we're angels. And if we can't just get that key important, that we're all here to do work on earth, that's the most important. We have to let go of like, oh, you're a God. Oh, you're a God. Oh, you're a God. Oh, you're a God. And, and they're not even O's. They're not even O's. So can we just be angels here now? And then we can all be on the same page and say, we're all here to do the same work on earth. We're angels. And we don't have to like put a title to the, oh, you're not, oh, you're not, oh, you're not. And then ultimately, I mean, ultimately, right, because the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God, but it doesn't say how much faith. And it doesn't say what type of faith you need to have. So it's like, well, no matter what, it's like, you know, I, I believe God, I believe the resurrection, I believe all this, all all the, you know, stuff you're supposed to believe. I believe it, not because I'm supposed to believe it, I just legit, that's what I think. But then to show like, well, if you say you agnostically, you have revelation or God's revealed it or made you spiritually aware that he exists, then how do you have faith? Well, because I can't empirically prove it in a way that you would accept. So there is an element of, yes, I know, yet I still have faith. But by the time we get back all the way to, you know, that, that reasoning we went down, it's like, well, why didn't God just make everything perfect and us magically appear right there in the first place versus the way things unfolded and are now? I just have faith that I don't know the answer to everything, and the God that put everything into motion does. So I take it on faith. He knows stuff, and he's pretty good at his job. Because we are on Earth, and we don't know everything. We know all. We don't know everything. You're going to have to run that by me again. Um, well, I was about to say it was good to meet you, but I'm, I'm actually, um, unless you want to be mod again, Chris, I'm actually going to have to run. I've overstayed my, my normal time. But, um, I mean, I got I to gotta drop off another computer to another client, but I can sit up here and make fun of Steph for like 20 minutes. Oh yeah, she's. I think I got that much material. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Whatever you want to do, uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna have to run though. You want me to make you a mod and leave you to it? No, no, no. I'm good. We can okay. Play.
Well, Cass, it was good to meet you. And yeah, drop back by, like add us or follow this house or whatever. And yeah, we'll catch up. But uh, yeah, appreciate you joining. And I think everyone thinks I'm a, I'm a terrible, terrible person because of my answers during this podcast today. <laughs> uh, but people will hear what they want to hear, right? So if someone says, there are actual demonstrated differences between men and women, and they hear misogynist, patriarchal, uh, sexist. Well, I, I guess I'm sorry. Um, that's, that's just not how it is. Anyway, take care, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace.